Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he prefers when we count backwards, it's Arturo Zarita. How are you guys doing today? It's the most difficult time of the year, but also the best time of the year. It's time to make best lists. And hear people complain about best lists. <laughs> Bringing yeah. it down to the top ten is always the most difficult thing to do. But I'm happy to do it here with Zach and Amanda the Jedi who joined us for the what halfway up? one. Hell yeah. Excited to be here to close it out. Yeah, we've got the return of Amanda the Jedi. Uh, I like for, that return uh, of the Jedi. That's a good one. That's good. That's good. <laughs> for our uh, re-up of the best movies of the year list. You may mm-hmm. have seen her on our best movies of the year so far list. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see which ones of those Let's films we talked about back in July managed to survive all the way to 2020. Not many. Uh, because we are we are now officially not in 2019, but That's we scary. are taking a second to still talk about what impressed us last year. Uh, as we did with our best of the TV list, I thought we should talk a little bit about the films that we missed, that we feel bad about, as well as some of our honorable mentions. Uh, but, you know, before the comments jump all over us for not including <laughs> X movie or not including Y movie, let's just get it out there. Uh, I know for me, I haven't seen Diane, which has been picking up a couple of critics awards. Uh, just Mercy, I missed at the Toronto Film Festival. Art, I know uh, this was one of your recommendations out of TIFF, but A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I never caught, oh, wow. it. I caught it yet. Wow. Okay. Yeah. As well as uh, Her Smell, one of my girlfriend's oh, favorites of the year. Uh, Under the Silver Lake, I know you both of you were a fan yeah, of. Uh, I know. Uh, High Life, <laughs> Transit, Ashes of the Purest White. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Gully Boy, which we were recommended a lot in the comments, uh, which was India's submission to the Academy right. Awards. Uh, and I've been sitting an el- seeing an elephant sitting still, the nearly four-hour film from the late Chinese filmmaker Hu Bo, uh, showing up on some lists, but uh, did not see that yeah. one either. I don't know if there's some movies that you guys were hoping to catch and didn't quite make it in time. Didn't catch 1917 because it was supposed to come out on Christmas, and then it's actually not releasing in Canada till the 10th of 10th January. 10th of January? So... Yeah, a victim yeah. of uh, our borders. I yeah, believe. so Star not Wars. catching that in 2019, <laughs> sadly. There's definitely there's some stuff that I need to watch, either just because, like, for example, Climax. You hated it. Karsten loved it. So I need to, I just need to Find, watch it. Yeah, see where you fall. I think I'm going to hate it based on the description. I think <laughs> I'm going to hate it. But uh, so there's like a couple that I haven't caught, but I'm, I'm pretty happy with where I've ended up at the end of you the year. You caught Cats, though. Art, so. I think cats? you're what? Cats, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Cats is another one that I didn't catch up with. Uh, I believe I'm going to be you okay on that front. Blessed, blessed man. <laughs> Art, I think you watch more movies than both me and Amanda. So are there movies that you feel bad for not having watched before this list? Only one, Zach, and you know the story behind that one. Uh, there's only two <laughs> movies that I am missing. Well, technically three. It goes High Life. Oh, you haven't seen High Life. I have not seen High Life. Um, I have not seen Just Mercy yet. Cause again, you have dec- I have not seen Just Mercy. I, I, oh, sadly I caught it at Tiff. Two. I did catch that. Catch that at um, and I know I, I had gotten your recommendations and I heard other people's about it. Uh, and then yeah. the last one being Clemency. So it, literally those are right. my last three. It's High Life. I saw both of those, yeah. <laughs> so I saw as you those. know, Clemency <laughs> has been the one I 
I feel bad at, kind of, though. I mean, they've also yeah. kind of just botched. Clemency was like, we had an, it was like an 8.30 showing towards the end of Sundance. And yeah. I got up and then you guys were like, I can't do it. I, I, can't, can't, go. I can't do it. So, so, so like I trek up to the Egyptian by myself and watch it. And it was really good. And then I remember I sent you guys furious messages being like, yo, the tickets for TIFF went up like four hours early. Like get in here, and then you. By the time you guys woke up, you're like they closed it out, and the only thing we can get tickets for is clemency. We've been on, we've been on, we've been on the phone with the people for like three hours now, trying to fix it. And then by hey, the end of yeah. it, you didn't have any tickets for clemency. I didn't have anything. It was funny because even one Sundance Blizzard yep. came. Right. We, cho- we chose our livelihood over dying in the blizzard to go see it. Yeah, yeah. And Tiff missed it. At uh, Chicago missed it. Uh, and I really hope I've heard good things, but we'll see. I hope it doesn't it's, miss the award circuit that it decided yeah. <laughs> to release the movie all the way. Every Sundance movie practically out. Big time adolescence might come out before Clemency comes out. Yeah, at this point. Um, but yeah, those three would have been the only ones. So I'm pretty confident in my list for the most mm-hmm. part. Uh, and with those being the final ones, I was very proud of the amount of foreign films we were able to catch uh, through Toronto. Yeah. Um, and Chicago Fest, especially, we caught a, we caught a couple of ones there, but those will make my honorable mentions. So, yeah, yeah. If you uh, right look at the if you look at the Academy Awards shortlist for best foreign film nominees as well as best documentary nominees, I'd say like Talk about fifty percent <laughs> have been discussed on Intercut sometime in the past year. So, yeah. Zach was telling uh, me he was, he was looking at the shortlist. He's like, I just want to let you know that the inner uh, what do we call it? Intercuties? Interviewers? The intercuties are in good hands. Like, Yo, we have recommended and at least talked about every single one of these. I, I, yeah. I'm really proud of that. Through all of the big movies that we talk about, I think all the festival coverage, it's, uh, it's one of the things where we're, uh, I'm the proudest of, for sure. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. If, yeah. Speaking for the both of absolutely. us. Three of us, really. So it's always exciting to uh, share some of our discoveries with the audience. Uh, some of them are ending up in my honorable too, mentions yeah. because, mm-hmm. you know, there's only so much you can pack into a top 10 list. For me, I got a bunch of documentaries in my top, in my honorable mentions. Talk about uh, it. This was an unbelievable <laughs> year for documentaries. Uh, and there's still some that I've been trying to catch up on, like The Biggest Little Farm. Yeah. Uh, and I know oh, one thing Art liked a lot of Apollo 11. Oh, yeah. But for oh, me... Good. Uh, the Amazing Jonathan documentary did not make my top 10. Yeah, it didn't oh. make my top 10, but it's still, uh, hey, it's y'all still up there it. on my list. Hey, hey, y'all mentioning it in the top 10 video, so I don't mind. Yeah, it's great. American, I loved it. American Factory didn't make my top 10. Oh. Any docs make the top 10? Yes, I have two in okay. there. We'll oh, yeah, get I to spoil. them. I, uh, I know. <laughs> I know. I know one. I'm pretty sure. Knock Down the House, another good one, didn't make <laughs> my top 10. Fire, my preferred choice among the Fire Festival documentaries, the yeah. Netflix one. Uh, For Sama, one of the Oscar shortlisted documentaries, very good, available very good. on YouTube. Uh, YouTube now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's a PBS one. Oh, right. And uh, One Child Nation, the oh, yeah. Sundance winner that got picked up by Amazon. Amazon surprisingly Prime. affecting and emotional and also just very informative, a really good documentary. Yeah, very good. Uh, in my honorable mentions, I also got Loose. I got The Irishman. I got Dolomite is my name. I got Wild Rose. I got Climax. I got The Lighthouse. I got Ford v. Ferrari, Midsommar, and Little Women. Nice. Wow. Honorable it's a mentions, year. guys? Anything you need to mention? Uh, Too many. My honorable mentions, yeah, I got Little Women in mind for sure. Uh, Irishman as well. I think Big Time Adolescence actually got kicked down into honorable mentions to the stars. And it got kicked down to 2020, I think. Yeah, it did. Yeah, exactly. So it barely counts. The Farewell, which was really hard to like, because there's like four movies that I just, they keep rotating in and out. 
Um, First Love, which was the uh, Takashi Miike movie, which was just hey, super fun. I got that one too. Yeah, it was so a- fun. It was so fun. Um, and yeah, I think I think that'll probably under the Silver Lake. I think that'll probably do it for my uh, my honorable mentions. But yeah. the Silver Lake does not make the uh, the top ten. No, well, I saw it last year, so I feel like I'm cheating if sure. I put it in my top ten gotcha. this year. Yeah. Art, how about you? What are your um, honorable mentions? I have uh, a couple. I'll start with uh, the action blockbusters of this year. Like she had said, I love First Love, mm-hmm. Endgame, John Wick 3. Uh, I thought those were really great. In terms of animation, uh, we had the closing of How to Train Your Dragon 3, dude. A lot of people were very vocal about that. They thought the it's a, it's a good trilogy. Like they ended mm-hmm. the trilogy very well. Um, uh, on top of that, a lot of people didn't like the second part. I wouldn't say they didn't like because no one hated the second part of the Lego movie. <laughs> But we're not talking about it anymore. <laughs> no. Uh, Toy Story 4, but I, I would say my one of my favorite animations of the year, uh, mm-hmm. if I'm not including some of the shorts, which are usually difficult for people to see with distribution, I Lost My Body. No distribution problem there. It's on Netflix. Uh, Cons, TIFF, I think even Chicago played it, uh, festivals. I Lost My Body. It's on Netflix. Really great documentary. Uh, some of the other ones that I would want to mention is uh, or are the dramas. Mm. No, this is difficult. Because this should really be a top 20, but... Yeah. It really should. I have Peanut Butter Falcon, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Little Women, yep. Last Black Man in San Francisco, and Monos, which I still Ooh. stand are two of the most beautiful. They didn't make it. I don't, I don't know what to do. Rocket Man, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. They did not make my top 10. Okay. That hurts to say. But when the honorable mentions is a stronger top 10 list than some of the other years yeah we're seriously this was we're too good year. of a year such too, a good, good year uh and i, I honestly so think more. i honestly think by like top 25 could like all easily rotate easily. into like a top 10 easily. like it's so easy that's why i said yeah. uh for let me explain what i gotta do categories <laughs> I gotta, yeah i, I don't gotta, blame I gotta, you i gotta cheat and make 10 <laughs> top 10 lists within there yeah. so but i'm excited i'm excited to break down our our personal favorites and and, nice. and where we put them yeah. yeah, it's very hard to whittle the list down to just 10 movies. We've done our best. Uh, I guess we should go ahead and kick this off for me. At my number 10 slot is a movie that we've talked about a lot. It's a movie that we saw back at Sundance. It's Brittany Runs a Marathon. Wow. Uh, I, okay. You know, I got a chance to revisit it, and you know, although I don't necessarily think it's quite as funny on the rewatch, I, I, as a sort of character study and just a time time spent with a really charming presence in the Jillian uh, Bell character and Jillian Bell's performance, it's a really pleasant hang that does actually uh, take ca- time to think about what kind of person she is in the way that I think a lot of comedies don't delve into character. Mm. I'm somebody who's really into character a lot. And then I got to just admit that I was a blubbering mess at the end. That (laughs) ending is just so killer. And at a certain point, I feel like you have to give it to a a movie when it is so uh, deftly expert at manipulating, manipulating your emotions like that. I agree. (laughs) So, you know, it, it because it made me feel so much more than once. I don't think this top ten list would be uh, appropriate without it. No, I, I, mean, I agree with that. I think that that's something that a lot of people can kind of forget when you're talking about top ten lists. Because like sometimes you'd be like, well, yeah, this was probably a better movie, and I understand like how beautiful this was, but and this was, but like this movie made me feel this, feel and that's big. why I have it higher for me. But, exactly. You know? Perfect. And yeah. and for me, I feel like Ford v Ferrari, Midsommar, Little Women. Those movies were all kind of like slotting in and getting 
edged out just <laughs> again and again. I just didn't feel right putting them ultimately over uh, Brittany Runs a Marathon. Okay. And it's available on Amazon Prime, and I second yeah. the ending. The ending got me, too. The ending got yeah. me, too. I haven't it been sucks. able to see it a, a second time, but that was also going to be my honorable mention for my top ten as well. Nice. Cool, cool. All right, so that's my number 10. Uh, Amanda, you want to go next? What's your number 10? Sure. I actually just swapped one around. So I th- it was <laughs> Avengers, but like, I feel like everybody said all there is to say about Avengers. I'm like, mm, sorry, I love comic book movies. I'm a huge fan of what they've done with the MCU. And yes. it was just such, they stuck the landing. I think Infinity War is a better movie, but Avengers actually managed to do what like so many franchises this year have either fumbled or completely failed in doing. Like and they Wars? stuck the landing. What are you talking about? Star Wars fumbled <laughs> is what I call, and I call Game of Thrones a complete failure. So like, mm. you know. You appreciate you know, it when a big company, when a, when a franchise when they, has, yeah. Yeah, like it wasn't perfect, but it came together in a satisfying way. It made me feel also, things. So I'm happy They landed it. the plane. They landed the plane. Mm-hmm. But I just swapped it out, so I think my new top ten is now Booksmart, which it was just so delightful. It was just it's just such a delightful movie. It's like something that I feel like I can watch with my friends and have a great time watching. And there's so many we talked about this in the midway one, I'm pretty sure. There's just so many mm-hmm. moments that I'm like, that is something that I've never seen in a movie before, and it's so true and it's so accurate. And I'm not like either of those characters, but they've gone through situations that I like 100% resonate and relate to. Like you were saying that you're like you didn't understand why the panda thing was funny, and it's like, <laughs> and it's like, like Alina had to explain it to you. I was like, what's going on with this panda here? Yeah, is this exactly. A limited edition it's beanie just- baby. Exactly, and it's just it's just funny, and for being a first time directorial um, out, out, um, debut, debut of Olivia Wilde. yeah, from Olivia Wilde, it was just so well handled. And hearing the cast talk about how great it was working with her and how great she was on set, mm-hmm. and uh, cool. just how well she kept it together, and just everything about it just makes me really happy. So I'm, I'm moving that to my number ten. Something that I think separates the like just good teen comedies from the really great and memorable teen comedies mm-hmm. is not just those primary characters, but the depth of the characters in the movie. You look at a movie like Superbad, and there's all these <laughs> one scene characters who are memorable, who are so memorable. And I think Booksmart nails that the same way, where yeah, you you know you follow them along their night, and you end up bumping into all these really <laughs> fun, interesting <laughs> people. A lot here? of fun yeah. uh, actors show up too. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Super definitely. Fun. And, One of the more uh, enjoyable uh, watches of the year, I would say. Yeah, and I also love, just really quickly, I love that they have a movie that has two female characters that are best friends, and the conflict isn't the fact that they're fighting over a guy. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. that that always seems to be the default that they do with movies involving, like, strong relationships between women. It always has to be about a guy. This doesn't, and it isn't, and it never would be, and I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and uh, also, I'm, I'm sure there's that aspect to it that, uh, Beanie is, plays a straight character and Caitlin plays a gay exactly. character and I feel like uh, that's something we don't normally see as much either where no. there's a lot of uh, straight girls who are together in a movie or yeah. a bunch of lesbians who are together in a movie yeah. so it's, that's another cool aspect to it too I is totally the whole uh, mixed nature of this film yeah love it they did great favorite line Art. wait favorite line from Booksmart because my line's always between two it's uh, when she gets slapped but then I love <laughs> Wouldn't it be crazy? Wouldn't it be crazy if your teacher went into the party? That would be insane. Yeah, would be That'd insane. be that crazy. Never mind. Hey, have fun. Have fun. Have I fun. Find have fun. Have the fun. delivery of the line is so yeah. funny. I don't know if you have Just one. Just the that, Williams like, in more movies. Yeah. Please. Yeah. So I don't good. know if you guys have any ones that stuck out to you off the top of your head from Booksmart. I, I go to this every time somebody asks me, but uh, 
my mom threw up or my mom <laughs> caught my vomit or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> my, mom my vomit. Oh my god, there's just so many good ones. It's just certain moments. It's like it's, it's like I could have shot you. Like, like, what, what, are you like what are you doing? I like the yeah. uh, half that whole pizza. interaction in the car. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, uh, half cheese, half sausage, or two half cheese, half sausages, sausage. or just one cheese, one <laughs> sausage. sausage. You fucking idiots. Uh, yeah. I have a comedy as well, and I did have uh, right here as honorable mentions. I had Booksmart. I had mm-hmm. what you mentioned, Brittany runs a marathon. The other two that I had would have been The Dead Don't Die and Good Boys. I love uh, Good, Good Boys. Boys. It was fun. There's yeah. one movie. One comedy this year that makes my top ten because I had us up till five o'clock in the morning, debating whether this was one of the greatest movies of all time. Is it, that is uh, greener grass. Greener, greener grass. grass. Uh, I love this movie. We talked about it extensively. Uh, the three of us have talked about it extensively. This feeling like a David Lynch movie that's really a comedy sketch on SNL. That it's like it. aliens observing the suburbs and then going yeah. back and going, bro. Like here, let's let me make just reenact it for you. Yeah, this is what they're like over there. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I love it. Uh, you could see it as a comedy. You could see it as this over stylized, very zany, crazy uh, again dissection of Suburbicon. Yeah, um, I love it. I think it's great. I can't wait to see what both of these directors do next. Yeah, I know it's not everybody's. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's everybody's cup of tea. But yeah. uh, go check out our Sundance stories about this movie in particular, or even the Greener Grass. Let us explain that we did about this. Yeah. Uh, but I highly recommend it. Your guys' thoughts on it, unless it's unless it's higher in your list. I don't know. I don't I- know. It, it might be showing up later on my list. It might, might be showing up later, but yeah. yeah, it's not. It's in my honorable mentions, but it's it was so fun and just crazy. And like I said, yeah, the best way to describe it is it's like a movie made by aliens trying to describe what it's like to be a human. <laughs> what, they, what they just That's, saw. It's but they just don't, and they can never fully understand it. Um, yeah, we but can. it's just so fun and quirky, and I always I, I love it when people actually take chances in movies like that and do things. And, yeah. In just an entirely different way. Mm-hmm. And it was just so wild. It was very fun. It was definitely one of the more enjoyable film festival watches for sure. Yeah. Yeah. A completely unique vision. Yes. And very, very funny. Yeah. Uh, my number nine, another comedy sticking with comedies here to get our list going. The Art of Self-Defense. Yeah. I, I'm so yeah, glad I that's mentioned on. that one. I had it there, but I was like, let me mention two other ones. Talk about it, Zach. Yeah, Talk it's, about on, my, this it's on my stuff boy. too. Uh, so this is the bone dry comedy from Riley Stern, starring Jesse Eisenberg as a uh, weak kind of nebbish man who experiences a, a traumatic beating mm-hmm. uh, and, and then tries to seek uh, a sense of security through art through the art of self defense through the art of karate. Karate. Uh, he, and uh, basically, the movie sort of develops as this critique. Of masculinity mm-hmm. and of the idea of you know being stronger, making you bit better or bigger than another person, or more important, the way in which uh, through his training he suddenly feels a sense of confidence until he realizes that like the false nature of the uh, sources of that confidence. It's just a very funny uh, look at. <laughs> I think the ways that we the ways that we sort of present ourselves and the ways in which we sort uh, value certain ideas mm-hmm. of like dedication and, mm-hmm. and, and hard work, but also 
it's just a really funny movie. Funny. Imogen Poots and uh, Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg have so many funny lines in this. Their delivery is just perfect. It might be the best Jesse Eisenberg film role Easily. since Social Network. Network. I would agree. Definitely. It, it, it serves his humor so well. Yes. How dry it is. And on top of that, it's also all the stuff behind this. Like, it's not just the delivery of the lines. They put jokes, like, in the rules. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, you're going through the rules and you're like... <laughs> and you realize, you're like, wait a minute, what? And you what? can tell, like, they like they, they give you history in this room. Like, you can tell that a rule was added because yeah. someone wasn't getting it. So they yeah, had so to they, yes. like, write it in again at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. They had even sent uh, this. I'm going to send it to you, Zach. Oh, that's The awesome. patch. With, that includes a dog as well. They're hilarious on social media. Anytime you mention them... I had said that all oh, the dead don't die and uh, this movie, the most, the best dry humor out there. And they responded with, hmm, yeah, well, only one of them can stick it out to be the best. Something like that. I thought it was <laughs> oh, the funniest funny. thing. So, yeah, highly recommend cool. it as well. Yeah, very good. Uh, so, yeah, The Art of Self-Defense, that's at my number nine. Amanda, what's your number nine? Uh, this might be... Actually, because I, I moved Booksmart back down, this is probably my second one that we could have mentioned that might have been mentioned before. Um, Little Monsters. I'm keeping it up there just because of right. how much Good. I enjoyed watching it. Like, there's nothing particularly new or special about it, but it's like a blend of all the best things that you want this kind of movie to be. You know, it's mm-hmm. um, it's the story of a it's a it's a uh, an uncle who ends up tagging along on his nephew's uh, kindergarten trip to a petting zoo uh, because he has the hots for the teacher, played by Lupita Nyong'o, Academy Award-winning actress Lupita Nyong'o. Just fantastic. And it's just, it's so fun. You've got Josh Gad putting his career on the line and with his Disney life on the line, just brutalizing kids. and It's just so hilarious. Uh, and it, it just stuck with me. And it was one of those ones when I sat down to make the video for it. I just was filled with Isn't this that the urge best? To... When you're excited to actually yes. make. Yeah, because I was like, I need to see this again. But like it wasn't out yet where I was. Uh-huh. And I was like, I need to see this again, like right now. Because and like that's the best feeling when you're making a video about something. Yep. Sometimes you make videos I... about things and you're like, oh, you know, that was fun. But, you know, I can wait to see it again. But when you haven't, yes. you're like, mm-hmm. I need to see it. Yeah, I know it's available on Hulu, Hulu. for us in America. We are you? A, are you? Can can you see it? No, we don't have Hulu. I have it now, so I'm good now. But okay. we don't have Hulu here. So I made the video to coincide with like the theatrical the release. releases okay. that were going around overseas, and then for the Hulu launch in America. Yeah. Um, smart, smart, then, smart. Yeah. So it was very, very good. Very yeah, we've been getting a lot more zombie comedies in the last uh, decade or yes. so, but uh, I think the whole marrying it, it of <laughs> marrying zombies with a little kindergarten yes. field trip is Perfect. definitely a unique perspective Absolutely. on that. It was uh, and something that you guys have mentioned being something you loved is how uh, her character throughout the film is trying to maintain the innocence of these children. Yeah, so they that's the whole thing. It's a zombie apocalypse, but they don't know. They're playing to her. She's making it's them believe teacher. it's a game. And that was like yeah. my favorite thing about watching it at Sundance is that we got the interview with Abe Forsyth, the director, afterwards. And, you know, he was like, you know, the whole thing is just based off the fact that my son has all these health issues and I didn't know how I was going to trust him at school, tagged along to a school event and realized I would trust this woman more than I trust myself <laughs> with myself, my son. Yeah. And then that births this entire like zombie, like contained zombie story. And it's just it was really well done feel good feel good movie about zombies and kindergarten children you know it shouldn't work but it does 
I highly also recommend Amanda's video on it. She did a whole Thank breakdown you. on uh, pretty much how the zombie story, like she said, based off of the father and the son. Yeah. But how it became a love letter. So yeah, definitely it's go a check out her video on that too. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Art, you're number nine. I'm going horror. I second <laughs> the, uh, what did we just say? Little monsters? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Little zombies. Oh, yeah. We are little you zombies. You know, there's, there's another, yeah. We are yeah, little zombies. Yeah, we are zombies. little zombies. Uh, you know, some people liked us. Another <laughs> Peter Nyong'o performance, two for one. It, yeah. I thought, was good. Another movie that's kind of out there in VOD tales from the launch, but my pick for one of the best wars, Midsommar. I love it. Mm. I love it. I think mm-hmm. it's great. And the best way that I can uh, push it is that I kept arguing with Alina that Hereditary was still better. <laughs> I've come to the conclusion, no. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> They're tied. They are tied. They're both just equally good. So yeah. Midsommar is my pick. My number yeah. nine pick. That is. That was like such a crazy watch like the way that he you realize you kind of realize at one point that it's not just that he's making horror movies he's just making movies about grief and apparently his next one's supposed to be a comedy and i don't know if i want to see his comedy on grief it's gonna be great it's well, gonna be this great. one was in a weird way of messed up way a little bit of a comedy yeah, too. Absolutely. All of his movies are funny. yeah he's the sickest comedian and i think it's great because uh one of you know what peel did man tv for how long and now yeah. he's one of our go-to horror directors this man has been making horror movies and he's like no i really want to be a comedian yeah exactly (laughs) it's so funny it's great he's funny Uh, though he did like a reddit ama and someone was like are you okay and he was just like no no (laughs) (laughs) no yeah he's the best he's the best Uh, Uh, i love it's been it's been talked to death but the whole idea of doing this horror movie in the light you know in broad daylight and and still pulling off that sense of dread that tension is so cool and uh Again, you know, everybody said it, but wow, Florence Pugh having oh quite a year. Uh, yeah, I was just tweeting about women. that. Uh, Florence Pugh is our actress of the year. Yeah, she's kill- killing Personally. it. She f- literally, the day she finished filming Midsommar, she flew out and then immediately started Little Women. It was back to back. They were already filming Little Women and they had to like. And not just to mention the uh, Sundance ones that she had out. I think she had another movie called Fighting with My Family. And then she had Fighting with My Family. She has had one literal hell of a year. Yeah. Incredible, yeah. incredible actress. So, that's my number nine. Word. All right, my number eight. Another Sundance selection. We're going to have a few on our list, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Last Black Man in San Francisco. This is one that I only caught up with more recently. It's the film written and directed by Joe Talbot with mm-hmm. Jimmy Falls and Jonathan Majors. Uh, it's a gorgeous, gorgeously filmed Beautiful. Film, uh, movie. Uh, probably my favorite cinematography of the year. Just the the use of color and the sweeping shots of San Francisco streets. There's so much life and movement happening in this movie. Mm. Uh, it's set to a gorgeous score as well. Yes, uh, that I believe is ineligible for the Oscars best score. Because it is uses just mu- a tragedy. It uses, yeah, that San Francisco song. Uh, that yeah, has done acapella, and I, I knew right away. I was like, this is ineligible. Right. Uh, but who cares? But, it is for I, us, right? One of the best. <laughs> it's for us, at least. We'll keep it in our hearts. But uh, yeah, the the Adam Newport Barra cinematography, absolutely worth watching. Stupid. You, uh, Stupid. It's you. so funny because I was so impressed with the cinematography, went to his IMDb and found out he's also the cinematographer for some episodes of Euphoria. Oh, totally makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Uh, but this movie is also just very emotionally affecting the story of uh, gentrification in San Francisco mm-hmm. and a house that's been uh, passed down through generations lost to uh, the younger generation. And it's uh, this idea of legacy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. whether or not 
you have ownership over something just because you own it or if you have an attachment to it, like who really owns something? Uh, I think it just asks so many beautiful questions and does it in such an empathetic, uh, well-acted and gorgeously produced way. I was I was completely encaptured, encap- encapsulated by this film. I, I It was just won me over, hypnotized me. I, I love that movie. Uh, dude, that was the most anticipated movie for me at Sundance last year. I remember, yeah. This yep. thing comes out. Bro, if I have another thing to showcase. They released an entire little map for stuff we did in San Francisco. And leading up to Sundance last year, we did an entire yeah. road trip. San Francisco ended up being our, like, love Chicago. Yeah. Love New York. San Francisco is the most beautiful city in all of the United <laughs> States of America. And they have this entire map that they released. Uh, it, it's great. It's so detailed. I highly recommend just checking nice. this out because the amount of detail that went into the movie. I'm still reeling on the fact. I'm searching it up over here to see what episodes of Euphoria the cinematographer <laughs> did because you know I have not shut up about this being one of the most beautiful looking movies of the year. Yeah, it's mm. gorgeous. Uh, incredible. Honestly, fantastic. Uh, after coming off of a year, they had uh, you know Black Panther. They had Blind Spotting. Mm. They had all, a bunch of other movies dealing with gentrification. Yep. This movie, like, Dude, I, every time I watch it, it gets, there's there's few movies where every time I watch it, they exponentially get better. This yeah. is one of them. Mm-hmm. This one is one of them, easily. Awesome. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of those movies like Blind Spotting and Black Panther and Sorry to Bother You, yeah. you know, what a what a moment we're living in for creativity out of Oakland. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. Absolutely. Literally. All right, so that's my number eight. Amanda, I think we're at your eight. Cool. Oh, yeah, we are. Um, I'm going to put Knives Out, which I've now comically hey. seen like four times. Um, have you seen it with the commentary? What? Have you seen it with the commentary? No, he I have not. He released a commentary. It's on his website. He said he did this for oh, Looper cool. and he did it for one of the other movies. Pretty much, uh, he wants you to download the MP3, you go with your headphones, and you can watch the movie with the commentary. That's cool. Interesting. Didn't do mm-hmm. that. It was just kind of some like weird thing where we were supposed to go see it together as like an entire family one day and then like my dad wasn't up for it my mom was like I still really want to see it so let's just go and then during the movie my dad's like I'll finish up in the garage and we'll go tomorrow so we were like we can't tell him we went we're just gonna go again tomorrow so I'd already seen it two times before that but that's um, funny just a super fun movie like it's honestly can't say it's held up after four views two of which were literally back to back less than 24 hours (laughs) apart um and it's just it's very fun. Like, I know a lot of people uh, hate Ryan Johnson, but uh, mm. despite what you think about his Star Wars outing, the man knows what he's doing. He, he knows how to tell this. a story. He yes. knows how to write a story. Um, especially something like this. There's so many different, like, weaving parts to this uh, unconventional whodunit, and that's the best part about it. Whodunits, usually, you're spending the entire movie with the, here's this character, and here's why they never would have done it, and then, you know, 30 minutes down the road, we're going to show you why they might have. This they, they get all of that out of the way with every single character way. within the 30, first 30 minutes of the movie. You mm. know, why this person might wanted to have killed somebody. You know, why this person might wanted to have killed somebody. And then it just kind of weaves into a bit of a thriller, um, all while dealing with a lot of different social commentary issues and mm. just wraps up really nicely where you still get that nice whodunit reveal, but in a very fun, quirky way with the... Uh, uh, Daniel Craig with his foghorn leghorn. Let me let me weave you a tail. Donut accent. hole in the donut, donut hole. Where there was actually KFC. another dough. 
in that donut. <laughs> so good. Um, just very fun. Uh, all-star cast of actors included, but nobody's overused just for the mm-hmm. sake of saying you use them. Exactly. Um, very enjoyable. I just, yeah, it's just a fun movie. It's probably one of the ones I saw at TIFF that was the easiest to recommend to everyone. That there wasn't really many people that I could say, go watch this movie and you'll enjoy it. And Mm -hmm. that's one of them for sure. Yeah, definitely a movie that's probably easy to recommend to just about anyone because it's so so well plotted mm-hmm. and so fun. Uh, just the way that it keeps you guessing yeah. and sort of on your toes about what could happen next. Yeah. Uh, just so expertly written in a way that I feel like ma- makes you acknowledge what a good filmmaker Ryan Johnson yeah, could absolutely. be. You know, it, it's just you know when you watch it and you want to pay a little bit more attention to things like the path of the baseball throughout the movie. Yeah, I noticed something new just the last time. Right, like it's things like that that are just such deft touches of filmmaking uh, that really make Knives Out such a great experience. Yeah, like there's a, there's, I won't even spoil, but there's lemons somewhere that I noticed it the last time and I was like, oh, awesome. Okay, that's really cool. Um, I think it looks beautiful. I think the music that they, that, that it scored just perfectly it's got these really nice, like, quick, sharp violins and yeah. just very, very good. Loved it. Don't yeah, be. so that's my number eight. Second, it's pretty, love the movie. Yeah. Um, dude, I was looking at this and I realized I had more than time. But I fixed, <laughs> it's fixed, it's fixed. It's fixed, um, okay. My number eight is a drama okay. that is taking this spot over, like I had mentioned, Beautiful Day, all the other ones. Yeah. It's taking it over two movies named The Farewell and Honey Boy, Ooh. that this one has to be over. And y'all know I mess with The Farewell and Honey Boy. Yeah, same, same. But if I see The Irishman, I'm watching it. The Irishman ain't playing it, I'm still watching it. <laughs> it's playing, I'm watching it. If it's not playing, still watching it. I love, I've seen The Irishman seven times. I don't even know how. Wow. That's incredible. It's just always Crazy. playing in my house. I, I, uh, <laughs> I... I remember when we first caught it and I told Zach, I was like, how is he? He's like, it's a Scorsese, man. Scorsese. That's all he's yeah. like, it's Scorsese, man. What do you think? Yeah. Um, of course, that week he had Irishman and then Parasite and then Portrait. And then, of course, Joe Care. But, yeah, uh, Joe Care. Yeah, he had a pretty big New York weekend that, that uh, for that film festival. Got Marriage Story in there, too. That was, that was a good New York film oh fest. Oh, my God. Marriage Story. <sighs> at, a, at a certain point, I thought Irishman was going to make the diamond, you know. Oh, we From okay. Trinity, we went to the diamond. Uh, but it did not make the top four. You know, okay. the top four that aren't just the best of the year, but some of the, be- the best of the decade. Absolutely. The man is it up there. Personally, I really love this movie. I love The Irishman. I think it's an epic. I love the entire story around it. The yeah. idea that Netflix wanted to sit at the big boys table. So they're like, uh, Marty, take 150 mil. That's dumb. Right. That's yeah. dumb. You should not have. That's irresponsible <laughs> with your money. Yeah, absolutely. Thank, Thank you, you, Netflix. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. I yeah. love Jimmy so Hoffa. I love Al Pacino's Jimmy Hoffa. I quote him all the uh, time. I do so this good. thing that he does with the yeah. Sunday where he's like, what are you talking about? I, yeah. The whole, if a man has a gun, you run. If he's got a knife, you you know how you many McDonald's it. Sundays I went to get after that movie just so I could have yes, some peanuts on my Sunday? Um, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I love the yeah. ideology of Frank Sheeran and how it wasn't greed. It wasn't any of these other stuff that really brought his demise. It was loyalty. Yeah. Yeah. Which is such a twist. It's crazy. I don't know how many people know the story and where it goes. Uh, I've heard some people who are like, that's not the way it went. I was like, how do you know? <laughs> they're from Jersey, too. I was like, how do you? Uh, but I love the I, I thought we didn't know where Jimmy <laughs> Hoffa's body was. Yeah, we didn't know where Hoffa's body's at. Yeah. Um, Irishman also has the return of Joe Pesci in a role that is unlike Joe Pesci. It's yeah. very mm. subdued. 
yes. that I loved it. Uh, yeah. Seeing even the side characters, um, Bobby Cannavale eating mm-hmm. steak. Um, Stephen Graham giving a really great performance. Keep going, yep. keep going. The lawyer. Bro, oh, he, oh, Ray, Ray Romano. Romano. Ray Romano had a Our year. Boy. He has been having a movie after yeah. movie every single year from The Big Sick, and then he followed that up. I know you really like Paddleton. Paddleton. Paddleton and, yeah. Lots. I like him and Paddleton a lot. Yeah. He was great in this movie. I love The Irishman. It flies by at three and a half hours. I, I agree. wish it yeah. was longer. I so I as we've talked about on the show, I went and saw it at the New York Film Festival. Uh, and then it pops up on Netflix, and I'm trying to watch it at home, and uh, you know, discussing it with my girlfriend. It's like, you know, when are you going to find time for a three and a half hour <laughs> movie? And then we finally sit down for it, and it's like, oh, this is just yeah cruising on by because it's Scorsese and that man can pace a movie yeah, he like, knows pacing. like no other. He knows pacing. And, and, and you know, you think about how much fun it is to hang out with a movie like Goodfellas, to hang out with a movie like Casino, to hang out with a movie like The Departed. He, he's able to get that vibe even though so many of these characters are despicable. That there's just like an energy and an electricity to the filmmaking with these bits of humor. I love the the ongoing thing where they show you how these people died, mm. and then you get the one guy who died happily surrounded yeah, by love. Yeah, I love that. It was so <laughs> Fat Tony, loved by everyone, died of a heart attack. Died of a heart Even attack. Even later on in the movie, they go, ah, I'm not going to go if it's just him. Nah, Tony's going to be there. Oh, Tony, that's a nice guy. That's a nice guy. Yeah. It kills me. It's the yeah. small little things that it's kill me. I have to say details. two things about this movie, and then we move on with it. One, Marty's, Marty's a mobster. This man said, how do I get people to talk about this movie? Marvel the thing about sucks. Marvel is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who who could take down the mob except another mobster? You know, God, <laughs> bro, I, I still don't know how he finessed a hundred and fifty mil out of this movie. It's got some of them. Uh, I have quoted lines off of this movie more than I've quoted anything else. Literally on my list. Wow. Literally on my list. I, I love this movie. I love this Good. movie. I don't That's know what great. else to say. I agree. The epic from Martin Scorsese at number eight on Arturo's list. My number seven, it's my one sheet. I, I decided to uh, give myself a little bit of leeway here because, as we mentioned, the, the roster of 2019 is so, so deep. How do you mm. limit it to just ten? Yeah, I agree. Uh, so I didn't. I've got two movies at number seven. Hey, finally. Thank you. Let's go. <laughs> let's I go. This. Let's do it. Let's cheat. <laughs> uh, they're my two favorite documentaries of the year, and they're both Fire. movies that I saw Fire. out of Sundance. I got Honeyland, and I got Midnight, Midnight Family. Yeah, I knew. Yeah, Talk Midnight about it. Family. Yeah. So Midnight Family, I've brought up plenty, but it finally, finally, finally was released here in uh, New York and in L.A. It's in limited release, but you might be able to find it. The story of a family that operates an ambulance out of Mexico City, mm-hmm. and through this one uh, case through this one family, you're able to get a glimpse of the failing healthcare system in Mexico mm-hmm. as a as a whole. Uh, it's just a really incredible uh, film. Just the way that they're able to be perched on the shoulder of these guys as they race to crime scenes to try and save people, but also uh, they're in this situation where they're actively negotiating their fees and stuff. Yeah, uh, for, for it'll take forever for me to explain mm-hmm. it, but please go watch it. It got shortlisted as one of the best documentary well, choices at the Oscars. Yes. So I'm not the only one who likes this yeah, movie. Yeah, just throwing very it out good. there. Uh, it- but Honeyland, wow. Uh, you know, this was, 
this documentary is so good that it also it not only made the best documentary shortlist, it made the best foreign film shortlist at the Academy <laughs> That's Awards. That's crazy, you know? Yeah. Like at that point you're you're doing that like statistics things where it's like, well, if it got nominated for foreign and best picture, <laughs> foreign block. Yeah. Uh just the story of this Macedonian bee farmer, unbelievable cinematography in this one. And when some new people move in next door to her and also try to uh, use the natural resource of these bees, the ways in which it affects their livelihoods and the environment it just becomes this unreal encapsulation of a global issue that we're seeing with our climate. Mm -hmm. uh, two unreal stories that speak to larger issues by focusing on a small thing. I would recommend them to anybody because they're not only unreal documentaries, but just unreal feats of filmmaking with mm -hmm. some of the best cinematography I've seen this year. And to say that for a documentary, I think is unreal. So yep. Midnight Family, nice. Honeyland. So, if I may add a couple of documentaries since we're cheating here. <laughs> I want to second your American Factory one on Netflix. Very good. Mm -hmm. I want to second the Amazing Jonathan documentary, which yeah. was, that's what I had to move when I realized, what the, my top 10 is top 14. Yeah. Uh, I have yeah. these on here. Amazing Jonathan documentary on so Hulu. Uh, and then a secret one that I'll throw out there, only because it's not out yet. Who let the dogs out? The story about the song and who actually let the dogs out. Amazing. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, it goes deeper than what you think it does. Okay. You caught that one at South by Southwest, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. They had the original floppy disk with the original, ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> That's recorded. amazing. So yeah, I just wanted to mention those there, but I, I double uh, uh, Midnight Family, beautiful looking so film. So good. He literally yeah. pitched it to me at Sundance, and we, we were able to catch it because it had uh, it had won, uh, I think cinematography probably. Or it yeah. had won something. It did. So we went to go see it, and it was yeah, very beautiful shot, especially when you consider this is on the cuff filmmaking. Mm -hmm. During yeah, they're not stopping. Yeah, yeah, they're not stopping to set up these shots. It's incredible. It's run and gun. Mm -hmm. Incredible. So good picks, good picks. My number sevens, Amanda. Uh, how about you? My number seven, and this is we're kind of getting into the floating movie territory. Mm -hmm. um, Once upon a time in Hollywood. Uh, Very good. Big, big fan of uh, Quentin Tarantino. Uh, I liked uh, Hateful Eight, but I did find I almost the way I described that is that like everything was just he dialed everything in just a little bit too high. It's like it was Agreed. a little bit too vulgar. It was a little bit too violent at times. It was just a little bit too much like just really long exposition, exposition scenes that like his old editor Sally definitely would have tightened down on and yeah. not opposed to it because it, it was beautiful. But it's like I didn't dislike it, but it didn't hit the same way that something like um, Inglorious Bastards would have. But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, while still having just these long shots of Cliff Booth driving through Hollywood, it was just so beautiful and gorgeous seeing the city lit up in that way that you don't even notice that it's happening. Um, I love the fact that it really is just this like love letter uh, to Hollywood from Tarantino, who grew up loving all of those old, uh, like just the, the old acting lead mans and the westerns and the, the something that's kind of i find that's dying not dying out but just something that's yeah. definitely not as prominent now mm -hmm. all of the little old hollywood details yes. like uh, all all the meant all the mentions of the spawn movie ranch yeah too, absolutely like yeah just the little things like that um and and small details and i know that some people aren't really a fan of when he does like the altered history stuff but uh he he did ask for permission from you know sharon tate's sister just to give it the okay mm -hmm. and i think it was dealt with like respectfully it didn't uh glorify manson he's barely in the movie uh yep, it doesn't over focus on that at all 
Uh, and it's just this um, really amazing story of like a person. So I always find that there's a very good dichotomy between Margot Robbie's character and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character who have yeah. both had these crazy careers and hers is kind of more subdued. She's only been in a few things, but she's so happy that she's just been in anything and she walks up to the movie theater being like, oh, I'm in that movie. It's so exciting. Whereas mm-hmm. Cliff is now kind of facing this like obsolescence where he thinks that he's now useless. And it's just kind of interesting to see how they both see the same, almost like the same trajectory yeah. of a career that they're having in completely different ways and i just yeah i love it it's it's a great watch i got that like cool collector's edition that comes with like the record and stuff you got the the vinyl that comes with it i did yeah damn yeah i got that what else does it come with because i've been like i want to buy it because i want to get all the special features it comes with a mad city comic not mad city mad comic oh yeah yeah it's like the last actual mad magazine comic that they're ever going to make apparently after that they're just going to do reprints it's got a uh, operation dynamite poster uh and a few other things it's 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 cool it's cool i like it um if i may the one thing i would add about once upon a time in hollywood which as you said ask for permission in the name it's in the name once upon a time once upon a time Um, it's a Fairy tale, yeah. yeah. Dot 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 dot. Hollywood. Dot dot dot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this movie has everything. I had read other people had mentioned it, but the more times that I've seen it, I was mm-hmm. like, "Yo, you're you're right." It, like you said, it's they're juxtapositioning each other. But then yep. there's also a young actress yeah, who's absolutely. also on the come up. There's people who have retired. There's directors. There's producers. There's stunt people. There's everything. Yeah. There's a Wilhelm scream. It's shot in this ratio, this ratio, this yep. ratio, and this ratio. It's shot mm-hmm. in black and white. It's shot in Technicolor. It's shot on film. Yep. Uh, I believe he. I, don't know if he had some digital stuff. I want to say he didn't, obviously. Probably not. He's times. not a fan of digital, so but, I don't see him. Uh, he had almost... There's ADR. There's flashbacks. There's flash forwards. There's dream sequences. Yep. It's like a movie that literally has almost every Hollywood technique. Yep. There are famous a movie actors. And a movie. Movie there and are a new movie. actors. There are parents. There are uh, all the children. Children. All the yeah. famous actors. All the children of famous actors. Yeah. Uh, it's a very cool movie where the more you go back to it, you realize how extensively he went into it. And yep. again, I can't wait to dive into the special features because I can only imagine. Yeah, I just yeah. watched like a two hour interview with him on. I can't remember what the channel was. It the is. Collider one? Now. What? Was it the Collider one? I know they just released the no, first one. No, no. This was like a YouTube channel that does interviews, and they're, they've, hmm. they've interviewed him twice. This is the second time, but he literally sat down, and he just didn't leave for like two hours. He's, and he just... Right? Like, yeah, you think he just, we talk a lot? Yeah, he loves talking, and like not in a bad way. So it was like really interesting just to hear kind of like... So it was actually Leo's idea to pitch the, the, the when he's like line, when he messes up that scene, right. and they have mm-hmm. to reset the shot. That was Leo's idea, and, and Quentin was all like, I just want my perfect Lancer movie, though, inside this other movie, but that's a damn good idea. Yeah. So, like, they set it up, and it's, like, one of the defining moments of the film because you get you start getting so lost in that scene that you forget that it's a scene within a scene, and mm-hmm. just when you're fully invested, line, perfect. Yep. So good. Yeah, big fan. Number seven, mm-hmm. Art. Under the Silver Lake. Ah, oh, love it. Talk about it. Uh, it's good. It's, good. <laughs> it's weird. It's a puzzle. I, a I had puzzle. other movies on here like La Belle Epoque, a French mm-hmm. movie. It's not fully out yet. I mm-hmm. really like that one. Knives Out. At Astra. Yeah. Boy, it's got to be under the Silver Lake. This is a, this is a movie, man. Yeah. This is, it's like, I don't even know what's. It's like a conspiracy theory that's trying to tell you like not to actually buy into conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories <laughs> while being a conspiracy theory. theory. Yeah, and, absolutely. And while it's all fun in there, it's it gets you. Yeah, it does. It just, it gets you. There's one thing that Alina, and it's the best thing that I'll say of it, A24 tried to hide this movie 
I don't yeah. know. But <laughs> there is a person wearing stuff on his shirt. And yeah. it's just like symbols. And Alina's like, I think you could decipher that. I was like, okay, you, all right, like, hold <laughs> chill. But she comes back and it's yeah. like, I'm pretty sure it says something, but I'm missing one word. And it was like way too on the dot. I was like, all right, this is like a little too close. Yeah. If that last one in Morse code doesn't equal what you think it is, then you're nowhere close. It equaled exactly what you thought it was. Amazing. It actually has to do with the movie, and it scared yeah. me. It I is. haven't gone back to revisit this yet, um, <laughs> but I already have three pages of notes. Yeah. Just for this movie, how can I not have it on here? Yeah, I feel how like I've been I planning. A, yeah, I feel like I've been planning a video on that for ages, and it just doesn't happen. But it's just. Right? You want to know what it is? He refuses to say a word about the movie. And I'm like, okay, this is fine. But there's like, there's the a director. subreddit dedicated to it. So I was going to go through that. Like, yeah, it's but so. But he refuses to talk. You're opposite of Tarantino, who just Very... won't shut up about everything right. in the movie. Yeah, um, yeah. Wow. Zach, have you had the chance to see it yet? Uh, no, this is okay. one of the ones that I missed. I mentioned. Dude, I am really excited for you to just text me all your all of your <laughs> thoughts while things are happening. Um, it's a crazy movie. I can see Very. why people may not like it, and then they may yes. think it's a little too over the top, but I think it's rewarding enough. You know, I talk about movies like Enemy, which, of course, Enemy is way higher in my in my overall decade list, yeah. but a movie like that, even if you don't like it, if it doesn't hit your subconscious in the same way, at least you can respect the fact that uh, <laughs> my man Denny had everyone sign a contract, because he <laughs> knew that what he was putting into the movie was all concrete. It's, it's a very... Um, very well put together movie that has yeah. so much thought into it that rewards you with every rewatch and the attention that you give to it. Yeah, it's like Knives Out, but like crazy. It's it's like <laughs> it's like Knives Out with with like with mental illness. Life. Yeah, Literally. it's just like with mental, it's yeah. too much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I highly recommend it. Amazon Prime. Very it's available cool. yeah, on Amazon on, Prime as of yeah. now. If I if, if, if yeah. I'm and not you can but I have it on Blu-ray, so you can purchase it physically. <laughs> Stop. I gave my whole story on that. Stop. I bought <laughs> the digital, and then the Blu-ray comes out the next day, yeah. and it's on Amazon Prime the next week. Sucks to but suck. But I own it, so. Sucks to suck. All right. <laughs> All right, so uh, art's number seven, Under the Silver Lake. My number six is a movie that we saw back at the Toronto International Film Festival. Waves. Bro, that's my number six, from- <laughs> There we go. Let's talk about uh, it, Zach. Let's talk about it, because Trey Edward Schultz really has one here. You still thinking uh, about waves? Going, I'm still thinking about waves. I'm thinking about waves every day, man. Bro. It, it's a highly emotional journey, uh, one that's constantly shifting frame sizes and soundtracks and perspectives and... Uh, it, it just go- it has such a unreal energy to mm-hmm. it. The way that the camera moves with the characters, that it spins around. You're, you're constantly kind of like wrapped Scared. up in, in the grandeur of it all and in all the emotions of it. Because Trey is trying to do this thing where he's he's mimicking the power of these teenage emotions through the bigness of his camera here, mm-hmm. and you kind of get how how affecting. Uh, these moments are in the these people's lives through his filmmaking. It's a it's a really unreal movie with just an unreal soundtrack. Yeah. Talk about like ripping stuff straight from my Spotify <laughs> playlist. Like how gee, he got you know, this. Kanye, yeah. Chance, Frank, uh, Tame Impala, Radiohead. Yeah, Frank Ocean. Unreal. Uh, I I really really felt a lot through this movie i don't know if this is necessarily like the best constructed or sixth best constructed movie of the year but it's so much movie and i felt so much from it that i'd be denying uh something if i didn't give it a high place on my list 
Yeah. I mean, I literally agree to yeah. this. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, Waves it's is everything he said, and maybe sometimes a bit more. It's a movie <laughs> that we uh, right afterwards went straight to McDonald's and we're talking about it. <laughs> and we were like, yo, did you one know? One of those. You really got to have a good discussion after. Yeah, we yeah. were like, did you notice that she said that, which means that what she did at the beginning, she was doing it this way because right. that's her hit. Uh, there's a certain point in the movie um, where everything just changes and it feels like it's mm-hmm. two movies in one. It just, it really feels like you're getting Waves and Waves Part 2. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, I had compared it to uh, Place Beyond the Pines in the way that yeah. it really just feels yes. like, you know, you could call it a three-parter, but it really just felt like two halves of a story that could have been two completely different movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, there was a, Carson Ronquist, our good friend Carson had said, he had seen it before, so he's like, bro, the soundtracks. And I was like, I've heard. Mm-hmm. And uh, the entire time, Zach and I are literally hitting each other. Like, oh <laughs> uh, like bro, we're all <laughs> um, There's a line, I like Lucas Hedges in the movie. That if I was on the back of the DVD stuff, on the Blu-ray, like they're like, "Hey, we need we need a quote from you." I like Lucas Hedges in this movie. That would sh- that should speak volumes. If I'm getting the opportunity, if people know who I am at that yeah. point, you would know that me saying Lucas Hedges, I liked him in the movie. That's a big deal. But on top of it, Carson has said there's and, and Zach just touched on it right now that there's a scene in this movie that just embodies like no other film has. Teens in the 21st century, in the age of social media. absolutely. And I wasn't sure which scene he was talking about because we haven't been able to touch upon it yet. And then I realized it's the entire movie. Yeah. It's the the entirety of the movie. It's every shot. Like he said, the way they capture it, it's like, what's going on here? It's You're a teenager. You're a teenager for the next two hours and 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting reading reviews off of Tiff going, why doesn't he? Oh, you're 65. Yeah, exactly. No No offense. Yeah. I get the difference here. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It's like I can get some things in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. My my joke has been is like I wish I had Alicia Malone's knowledge. I don't, <laughs> so things don't they hit a little bit differently. Yeah, and things hit absolutely. a things hit a little bit differently in waves. Yeah, and things can hit really hard at times. Yeah, I'm gonna say that, but yeah, artist hereditary. Yeah, those yeah. are our number sixes. Cool. Uh, I had a different number six. What'd you got? Uh, I, I do like waves. Waves ended up on my honorable mentions, but I do mm-hmm. I feel like I need to see it again. Um, but yeah. I did really enjoy it. Um. This is uh, like, as you guys, if you guys are from my channel at all, you know that I've been literally talking up Shia LaBeouf since January. Um, and this is not the one that I like even more, but Peanut Butter Falcon. Okay. Okay. I, I really love Peanut Butter Falcon. I'm sure this seems pretty low on the list, um, but well, there was just. High. What? That's pretty it's, high. Yeah, it's six. You know, that's what I meant. Like high on the list. Sorry. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's just. I mean, at one point, this was one of Art's uh, considerations for Best of it. I know he made it yeah. one of his honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. But yeah. But yeah, yeah, a really affecting movie. What what do you like about it, Amanda? Um, there, I feel like there's some stuff they could have touched on more, but I just uh, I, I just thought the story itself was like really heartwarming where you have kind of one person who's trying to run for his dreams, one person who's just trying to run away from himself. Uh, and you kind of have this like winding tale where, wow. you know, this, this one person uh, helps not only make uh, Shia's character realize that like maybe I don't have to run from myself. I can actually like open up my heart again to someone else. And there's just so many uh, nice, nice moments. And it's just another one of those movies like it, from Shia's character's perspective, his entire everything's about guilt. He feels like super guilty about something that he feels responsible for happening. And that's shaping the rest of his life. And part of the reason why he's running. 
And then mm-hmm. you get uh, I just I just loved um, Zach Zach Gottsigan I think is his name. Yeah. yeah, it's just so so nice. Just it's one of those movies you just feel nice. You, you're watching it, and I felt heartwarming. Like I caught it when I was in LA uh, because it wasn't playing anywhere near here, and I was just it was just so happy and nice and just heartwarming. And you feel all these emotions, and it's like a beautiful adventure at the same time. And like um, mm-hmm. again, this is one of those ones. Seeing some of the interviews afterwards, where Shy is like, you know, at first I was like really protective of Zach because I yeah. I didn't want people coming at him, and then I realized like he doesn't need any help, and mm-hmm. then he realizes that like I'm kind of the broken one, and he kind of mm-hmm. takes that protective yeah. notion over me, which is like really reflected in the movie as well. And I just I yeah. loved it. Uh, the character of Zach being kind of the central character in this film and uh, him having Down, Down syndrome. syndrome, but the film yeah. itself not really being about Down syndrome, no. just kind of being this adventure story, I yeah. think is a really affecting uh, method of kind of portraying this kind of friendship. Yeah, yeah. I want to touch uh, on so yeah. one thing there for sure as well, because there's like a moment. So obviously, so what happens is essentially is Zach Gottsigan, he who has Down syndrome, basically is living in an adult care senior facility because they don't really know what yeah. else to do with him. And he wants to be a professional wrestler. So he breaks out of this care home and he's just like running down the street. He's just running, running all buttered up, running down the street in his underwear. But uh, it gets him. Obviously one of the workers who's played by Dakota Johnson is trying to find him. And um, it gets, there's like this moment on the boat and he, yes. and, you know, shy is like, you know, put your head underwater, go see if you can catch a fish. And then he, she, he's like, stop doing that. And she's like, what? It's like, stop treating him like he's an R word. And she's yeah. like, I would never call him that. And she's like, no, you're not calling him that, but you're treating him treating that him way. Like, right. You right. don't think he can take care of himself, but he's been just fine here the last two weeks. Like, you know, live not two weeks, but, you know, he's been just fine living his life. So stop mm-hmm. treating him that way just because you're not calling him a mean name doesn't mean you're not undervaluing him. him. I really yeah. like that aspect of the film. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite scenes of the year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when we caught it back at South by, uh, I have a little sister who has Down oh. syndrome. Oh, I so, like, that. it was funny because when we were waiting in line for Booksmart, there's mm-hmm. these two ladies who needed a charger. They were Zach's mom. Oh, oh I didn't realize that's that. Awesome. That's we had talked throughout the. We kept bumping into each other at screenings because the producers weren't watching movies, but they had a film pass. Of course. They gave it to the mom. <laughs> The mom and her friend, and, and they were just touring around everywhere. So we'd be like, "Hey, you watching this movie too?" That's and so she kept nice. saying, "She's like, are you watching Peter Butter Falcon?" I was like, "Yeah, I got tickets for this day." And we were there. They sat right behind us, um, and uh, I absolutely loved the movie. Yeah, uh, I do get asked. It's like, <laughs> I thought you loved Peter Butter Falcon. I was like, "Yeah, I saw, and I do." But we saw like six hundred movies. Yeah, this there's year. so many it's movies still, this year. It's, it's still like top fifteen. It's just yeah. not top ten. Yeah. Um, but that scene in particular, yeah, it hit oh, me it when really uh, they were good. having that conversation about yeah. like, don't treat them. You're not. You're not. You're not, not saying. Call- you're not yeah. calling them that, but you are treating them like that. You're undervaluing mm-hmm. what he could do as a person. And yeah. seeing Zach go up there and just handle the Q and A. You're like, next question. It, it was the best. It was awesome. great. It was great. I love that. All right, five movies up, five movies to go. I have a feeling we'll be we'll be doing some repeats when we get into our yes. top five. So, so uh, let's let's say if they're showing up on our list later, and we'll save the discussion gotcha. for when it's highest. Okay, gotcha. Uh, but for number five, I am going to mention that one that we already talked about a little bit. This is my greener grass slot. Oh. You know, coming out of Sundance, it wasn't the movie that I would say I liked the most. <laughs> and I don't even say it's the movie that I liked like in the top three out of Sundance, but mm-hmm. it just kind of burrows in the back of your brain. All the little 
things about this movie, all the eccentricities yeah. and what what do the graves mean? What do the braces mean? And stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it, it finally came out on VOD and I was able to rent it and I just gobbled it up. I, I was watching it over and over and over again, trying to just analyze the different, different jokes and what they could possibly be commenting on. And it's just such a fun movie to pick over, not to mention such a funny movie. Some of the jokes yeah. are just its so off the wall and bizarre. And uh, great performances from the co-writers, Jocelyn DeBoer. They're and in John the movie. Yeah. yeah, they're so funny. Yeah, I, it, I just think it's such a such a great movie to spend time with and to talk to people about. I've uh, been, you know, showing it to friends because it's one of those movies that like it, I don't think a lot of people even have on their radar. No. But I think everybody would at least have reactions to it. It might be too weird for some <laughs> yeah. friends. Yeah, it's fine. I, you know, that I, I've really enjoyed my time with it. Uh, so please go check out our Let Us Explain on Greener Grass where we break down some of our theories about the movie. I think it's totally worth your time. And yeah, my number five of the year. Nice. Nope. Uh, my number five definitely would not be on yours, Zach, because I just saw you rate it recently. But... Uh, I enjoy Jojo Rabbit. I enjoyed the hell out of Jojo Rabbit. I have seen it a few times, and I do agree that it hits a point towards the end where it does kind of lose a little bit of momentum, and there's a few extra things that like they probably could have not added or edited around a little bit better or just written something better. But it's um, I ended up catching this one twice at TIFF because I had tickets for it on Sunday, which was the very last day of the festival. And I just couldn't wait any longer. So I hit like a Thursday morning. I was like, I'm just going to go see the press showing and see if I can get into it. And if I don't see it, I'll just catch something else. And we talk about this all the time. The press showings are always usually not bad, but the crowds usually suck at the press showings. I almost forgot I was in a press showing because the people were (laughs) reacting to it so well like people are cheering people were laughing and there was clapping at the end which like never happens at press screenings i don't know if there was like a hand normally they're too stuffy for that yeah kind of absolutely yeah. normally they are too stu- I, I assume that this was probably heightened on press and maybe some of the volunteers a little bit higher than it yeah. was like the press and industry type people yeah, yeah and but it also kind of was this you know big wave of a movie mm-hmm. at TIFF. It ended up winning it the did. People's Choice Awards. People's was, Choice. Last yes. year's People's Choice won the Oscar. I know. Mm-hmm. It's, but then I feel like they stifled it. Like they really did limited releases and like delayed releases in right? some places. So it's like they didn't want to mm-hmm. trust it. We've full grown, right? Yeah. Kill the limited release. Releases. Just release it. Just Especially something if like a, this where it's already proven that it's being successful at a film yeah, festival. People, people are enjoying it. Taika Waititi, who's the director of Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. You can literally just market it? it on that alone. Like, if you're if you're worried about like the fact that somebody's portraying Hitler in it, you just got to mention from the Jewish director, director. of <laughs> Thor Ragnarok. Come. Do you think uh, you had mentioned your press screening and how they were really into it? Were so Our into press it. screening at TIFF. Uh, was not into it. It was very much divided. That sucks. Especially when you got to certain jokes like the um, Stephen Merchant coming in and the phrase that they say. <laughs> the Heil Hitler, yes, yeah. Over yeah, and over and over Heil. again. I thought it was funny. Yeah. You could feel the people sitting next to you who didn't think it was funny. And I was at the showing where, where everyone came out and said, like, it's a beautiful life. And people were like, ooh. And other people were like, ooh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And it also made me realize that if some people are really torn on a beautiful life as yeah. well. Yeah, jeez. Um, so, and as you, yeah, yeah. we know, it, it was a very torn, uh, you know, 
Joker ended up becoming the bigger one that yeah. got a, a lot of the the stuff, but Absolutely. this one got it too. And I agree but, with you. I think it could have carried a bit, a bit, a better momentum if they would have trusted it more on the release. Yeah, I think they needed to trust it more, and because it was just really enjoyable. Because it, we we get so uh, like I made an entire video about this on my channel that I'm actually really happy with how it came out. But obviously, there was a lot of people who were mad that like they treated just Nazis in general comically. And I'm like, yeah, but that's kind of the beauty of something like this and the fact that this is a 10-year-old's interpretation of an imaginary version of Hitler. He can't be the sinister mm -hmm. Hitler because that kid doesn't have the perception of that. Yeah. And, and making them comical and making the Nazis these, like, buffoons has always been the best way to undermine dictators. Making mm -hmm. them out to be the big bad is important in a lot of times to express how serious that time was. But to make a commentary on it in how a way that foolish they were yeah yeah exactly how stupid you are to believe some of the things that they believed like that's Oof. important too like that's yeah. really important especially in like in the current climate and stuff where stuff like mm -hmm. that is always pertinent it's really important and, like you see it today like dictators hate being made fun of there's a reason why Winnie the Pooh yeah. is banned in China um and I, I just shout I out just, South Park yeah, exactly, exactly. And it was just, I really liked it. I thought it was really heartwarming. And I think that it's a, it's a really good and interesting look at how people can become indoctrinated into ideas that they don't actually believe in or know anything mm -hmm. about. And how just giving them a shift of perspective or putting something in someone in front of them where they can't ignore the fact that their beliefs are dumb is mm -hmm. just really well and is like really important. I also thought it was like acted really well. I, I yep. loved uh Roman Griffin Davis and uh, Mackenzie, uh, Mc Thomas and Mackenzie, uh, sorry, yeah, Thomas McKenzie. and Mackenzie, yes. both fantastic. Um, also had a great year. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, um, Scarlett Johansson was fantastic as well as uh, as the mother. Just so many things about this stood out to me. It, it was super enjoyable. Again, it was one of those ones that I have a really easy time recommending to people as long as I can just stress the fact that, like, yes, there's an imaginary version of Hitler in this and it's because it's a 10-year-old. <laughs> and that's the kind of perspective you don't really get from something like this is the perspective yeah. of a child. Right. Which I like. I think a lot of times people talk about the idea of, like, oh, well, how could you buy into... Like, I would never be a Nazi if I was in Nazi Germany. And uh, I think one of the things that... Uh, Jojo Rabbit does well is kind of show that it's it's not about you it's about your environment mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. what you're kind of conditioned to believe and it's, stuff like that especially so. when you're a child and you get indoctrinated. indoctrinated yeah you're indoctrinated and your parents are letting it happen to protect you yeah, yeah. like it's scary but yeah. I enjoyed it <laughs> right Jojo Rabbit number five on Amanda's list art what's your five Loose. Loose. <laughs> Man, I keep getting called out because it's not a top of the four. He's like, so why did you even like Loose then? I was like, look. Yeah, I thought you loved Loose. I thought Loose was your number <laughs> one. Know, why do you lie? I was yeah, like, but Tiff just wait. came in and sidewiped yeah, everything, I'm you know? I'm sorry, you know? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's like, well, what can I say? Um, it's right outside of the diamond Phil. Loose is one of the best movies of the year, man. I am still reeling from it. Bro, I had a whole, like, six months just talking about it. And mm -hmm. right before, I had the notes written and ready to go, why Loose is my favorite movie of the year. And I always start off that yearly video by going, just so you know, I will change my mind if there is a better <laughs> movie. That Parasite. Spoiling a little bit later on, but Parasite. I loved Loose. Mm -hmm. I think it is a... I think it has one of the best lines of the year. What fireworks? I'm gonna just leave it there. Um, I, I I love the perspectives that they cover. It's been very interesting hearing varying opinions on it. Um, 
I've seen what the screenwriter has done. He has some, done some insane plays. I can see how it aggravates people. I can see how that's also the points of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think right. it's a beautiful perspective between... Um, and Calvison having... What a year. Waves and loose. Yeah, waves and loose. Back to back for just... me. Um, just embodying a teenage <laughs> angst yeah. you know, through his two performances. Yeah. I feel like as a... So much credit is given to Timothy. So much credit is given to, you know, <laughs> uh, what's the name who I did like in Lucas ways. Hedges. <laughs> Lucas Hedges. Nah, but Calvin Harrison Jr., since uh, what he did previously, it, it comes at night. Yeah. A bunch of the other projects that he's been working on. I think he's really been on one. Uh, if I can back up a bit and say he had a lot of input in the story for Waves as well. Mm. He was a collaborator um, with the director. And in Loose, he, he carries the movie. Uh, I think it's a mm-hmm. fantastic performance. Yeah, Some absolutely. people see him as a psychopath. Some people see him as a prod- a genius. Mm-hmm. I see it as one of the best movies of the year. It's good, and I love it. Yeah, a lot of a lot of media in the modern era attempts to sort through our our uh, current race issues and uh, se- sex issues and all these sort of different hot points with like more objective points of view. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's very exciting about Loose is it's a movie that acknowledges all the issues and kind of like throws its hands up and it's like, I don't know, guys, you figure this one <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, but it does it in a way that, that's really intriguing and I think promotes discussion. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a totally effective it's movie. Not a movie that, made my honor rule. It's mentions. not a movie that's black and white. You're going to get dirty. You're yeah, You're going to come out going, you don't know who's who, who's right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a crazy movie. That's my number four. Or my number five. Five, sorry. yeah. Your number five. My number four... Uh, it's it's a movie that we've discussed here on uh, Let Us Explain. It's Uncut Gems. Woo, let's get into it. Let's let's get it. Uh, my gems are uncut. So are Adam Sandler's. Uh, he plays Howie Bling. This is how I win. This is, <laughs> this how, is I how I win. Wins. Uh, the New York City diamond dealer, jeweler, always on the move, always betting and se- owing money to different people. He's... You know, his life is just a constant series of negotiations. It's an extended Scott's tots in terms of like how uncomfortable you're going to feel. It's yeah, yeah, it's just an unreal uh, tension filled experience where uh, you you kind of enter this guy's life in the midst of a crisis Mm -hmm. and the crisis just never stops. Uh, But it's so it's so affecting through this performance of Adam Sandler's where you kind of you see how he has just enough charm to to keep things in the air, keep balls moving, keep plates spinning. Uh, And also this just incredible uh, production from the Safdie brothers where sounds bleed into other sounds and the score has this like pulsing 80s energy that carries you through the movie. It's it's unrelenting in the best kind of Mm -hmm. way because it's one of those movies that that picks you up forces you to feel a certain way for two hours and then throws you out uh it's it's, (laughs) thank you for coming i think yeah exactly i think i don't know if we've mentioned this on intercut but our buddy andres saw the movie and his apple watch went up to 190 on his oh my god it's hilarious i don't believe you like when i watched it it, like this old couple and like four old people no offense old people had to leave like they just left (laughs) They yeah. flat out got got up and left. I was like, yeah, oh, we had Jesus. a couple of people who left. We had a young couple who literally got up from our our our. Yeah, we were all the left. same ones. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's not a very pleasant experience of a movie, but it's so affecting <laughs> yeah. and so funny at points yes. too. I mean, this is such a <laughs> this is how I unreal win, Adam Sandler performance. Yeah. Dude. The way that he tries to weasel out of situations. Uh, him crying at the reveal of Julia Fox's tattoo is so good. <laughs> I love it. So good. Dude. Uh, Kevin Garnett. I loved spending time in this world. Kevin well, Garnett. I didn't love it, but I love the movie. Yeah. Uh, it, just the people who were able to play themselves. Mm-hmm. Kevin to yeah. the weekend. Yeah. To the, Ke- the Kevin Garnett performance instantly has to rank the uh, rank in like the pantheon of great people portraying themselves uh-huh. in movies. That aren't real. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like I had to look uh, this up, and I'm like, is the weekend really like this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> is the weekend really a douche? Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> dude, the the pacing of it, all of it. Uh, Amanda, you said you saw JoJo twice at TIFF. Yeah. Zex saw Uncut Gems twice at TIFF. Yeah. That's yeah. harsh. That's hard. Yeah, that we, was one of I the. Remember, yeah, Uncut was the last one of the last movies I saw. Uh-huh. Yeah, because it oh, would have yeah, been. Yeah, yeah, because that was. Yeah, that was um, your last movie. I had two more after that, but one of them was JoJo, so it was like my second to last new movie. Saw Uncut Gems. Had to drive back home from Toronto to Chicago. Yeah, yeah I was awake. I saw I Waves awake. then Uncut. Like you wonder why I, you Waves you didn't crack my top Joker. ten. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? No, I saw. Um, some, the one with Shailene Woodley after, so it was a lot calmer. <laughs> Calm <laughs> you down. Uh, I second everything that uh, Zach said. I have it uh, an extra spot up above than four, but literally everything he says. Uh, I, I love the lesson at the end. I see it as a lesson. Reminds me a lot of another movie I won't mention to not spoil Uncut Gems. It's got a limited release as of now. I, I had heard that it has a, a partnership with Netflix for distribution internationally. Hmm. So we'll yes. see if that ends up becoming something that can be uh, for American viewers. But Amanda, you might be getting it because, you know, technically Canada's international. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. We'll find out. Yeah. All right. So Uncut Gems, I have it for Amanda. What made number four for you? Uh, I have Marriage Story. which. Oh, uh, that's my number four. Yeah, hell yeah. That one was kind of hard because I almost want, like, there's sometimes I want to put it higher, but, you know, I managed to weasel my way into a very last second screening at TIFF because everything was sold out. And I just at the very last second just went up and was like, is there anything? And they were like, yes, actually, like one ticket just came back. Two of your best tickets, two of your best seats in the theater, please. Yes, exactly. And I just, (laughs) you know. And I just went in and it, it was, uh, it's like the, the, some of the, one of the best parts about the movie is actually the trailers that they released, which is just, you know, Charlie and Nicole talking about what they like about the opposite Each person. Other. And it's yeah. just so beautiful and honest and real in a way that movies don't always manage to capture. And then the movie just continues to be that the entire time. When it came out on it Netflix, hurts. I watched it back to back. Like I literally, I like once it was done, I queued it up again. Started again. Queued it up again. So I'm basically marriage story is my Irishman if I'm Arturo, you know, <laughs> just cute like it up that. again. Weird phrase. Now yeah. Amanda, uh, considering it's my number four as well, mm-hmm. um, I don't know how you feel about this, but you know, if you have a degree in acting and no <laughs> roles, and you're on Twitter, you're supposed to actually hate this movie because obviously um, I could do that too. I'm just, I, could just, I could just scream at people. It's like people just don't first of get all, it. Yeah, first of all. If the only scene you're talking about in a two and a half hour movie is, is the, the emotional scene, climax, then it sounds like you don't know <laughs> what yeah. to pick out in the movie. Exactly. Because um, that was just like literally the, the amalgamation of stress and him not knowing if she was it's purposely not, trying yeah. to do things to screw him over been, and her just trying it's to been do. A re- sorry, sorry, no, you sorry. go, you go. It's been a real shame mm-hmm. to see right. such a great scene 
get just blasted all over Twitter when, as you've been mentioning, uh, Amanda, mm-hmm. it's it's this beautiful culmination of everything you watched yes. in this two hour movie. Yes. It's like you got to realize like this is a custody battle happening across the United States, like literally New York to L.A. and this fight and not knowing like is we I thought we had everything figured out. Is she trying to screw me over? Is this just her lawyer talking yeah. like I don't know what's happening. It's it's just such. Oh my God! It's so. It got really so weird good. when people got to these like, "Oh, what he's saying doesn't even make sense." I was like, "Well, yeah, you just admitted you haven't seen the yeah, movie. Yeah, you haven't seen what, the movies. Right. So what you... is this, the New Yorker? When they're like, Endgame makes no sense, sir. Yeah. There's 17 films you need to see beforehand. Yeah, ac- ac- you know? exactly, exactly. All you and... had, you just watched the hour 49 that leads into oh, the scene. So I would even argue the hour 49 leading up to the scene is better than the scene. I know yeah, that's the climax, absolutely. but it's like, oh, okay, we're here. Cool, cool, cool. Did y'all see that part when they close the door on you? Yes. Yes, just like little things like that. <laughs> that part Shouts where, to Karsten's video. Uh, oh, bro, I even said yeah. this. Karsten, uh, Runquist made a video about the editing. I'm going to say it right here. It's the best video this man's made on his channel. Yeah. I was even going to comment that on his thing. No, I was amazing. like, bro, you made a really good video for this. He loves uh, it, though. He loves uh, Dude, no, the, the, the point where he's leaving and she goes, uh, what's his name? Charlie? Yeah, Charlie's Charlie. The, and she yeah. Turns around. Charlie's a kid? No, no, no. Charlie's him, yeah. Charlie turns uh, around thinking yeah. he's going to say something and he's like, you forgot the papers. Yeah, exactly. Because he's like, because he's clearly planning to stay on the couch. And she's mm-hmm. like, so where are you staying? And yep. then he's just like, oh, well, I, I, I guess I'll find a hotel. And she's like, okay, cool. And then he grabs his the bag little, and there's that like, slight moment of hope. And she's just like. little intricacies, yeah. You forgot the Noah papers. Noah Baumbach, through all of his films, is such a keen observer oh. of small human details. Yes. Just, uh, the, the little changes in flow of conversation the little hesitations that you throw uh when you're not sure what you what the reaction is going to be to what you're saying Mm -hmm. and and this film is so meticulously observed the way that the script kind Mm -hmm. of builds not only to that climax but to another scene that we mentioned a lot in our let us explain of marriage story the courtroom yes when uh, when adam driver and scarlett johansson are largely silent throughout that entire scene but you see all the th- all the consequences of their their small interactions coming back to haunt them in ways that just feel unfair. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing that's made this whole like idea of like who really w- wins it's kind of neither of yeah. them. Like I- I've seen people butt. commenting like, oh, you know, this is what happens to a to a good man. It's like no, no, this is what happens in a bad situation yeah, you know? I like, feel like if you walk away from Marriage Story thinking that either one of them was supposed to be the bad guy you didn't watch Marriage Story you know you didn't yeah. actually get it because obviously we're largely seeing it from Driver's perspective for most of the movie because that's definitely the reflection of Noah himself um, but you do still get a lot from Nicole's perspective but it, it really is just one of these things where both of them are just trying to do what's best for them and what's best for their kids. And you get the like, well, you know, I made so many sacrifices my entire life for you. And now it's my time to have a career. Now it's your turn to make a sacrifice, you know? And it's a Rorschach it's, of a movie. Oh, people talk yeah, about it, it afterwards. It really is. I've heard people go, it's like, dude, he was so in the wrong. Nicole was in the right. I was like, what? they both and have then someone else goes. So Nicole was a hoe. What are you yeah. talking about? This was, I was like, what? He's the one who cheated. He I, and it's, yeah, it's yeah. this he crazy cheated. conversation of everyone having these things. Yeah. And then you realize by the end of it, I'm not a person who is... Uh, 
tries to be too elitist on like, oh no, you see, this is why it should have been a limited release. So we keep people from these bad opinions when it's too public. No. I hate that. I really do hate that. I will take it being accessible and available uh, as opposed to the bad opinions. But there came a point when people were complaining about Adam Driver's punch being fake. Yeah. Like, you could tell are just he's weird. weak. He just pretends. I'm trying like, to criticize how a marine punches. <laughs> he's yeah. a marine. Zach. He's a marine. <laughs> this man went to one, war. One of the best movies of the decade, oh, in absolutely. my personal opinion, is one of the best movies of the decade. Again, every time I watch it, I pick something else out that yes. I realize that's that's it pays a, off not later. a consequence. Yeah, it's something that happens off later, and it's not even like a us. Man, you don't <laughs> have the item in your boat. I wonder if that'll be coming into use later. No, this is like, yeah. oh, no, don't use that toy. And then later on, he just walks with the toy. They don't yeah. show you right. the toy. He's just yeah. randomly using the toy. And you have to be paying attention to yeah. those little things. Absolutely. Those little details. Little things. It's a beautifully crafted movie from the acting, the directing, the script, the editing. editing. The only complaint I have is the music because it sounds a little too much like Toy Story 4 the considering end- it is random. Yeah, the ending song, I was kind of like, mm, this could have had better music. Yeah. So I, I know... I know people have complained about that, it but works like for you. Randy Newman is a treasure outside <laughs> of Toy Story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that score is so beautiful. I was is. listening to it on Spotify the other day. I'm hoping that gets nominated. I think it was just the score. last song when it kind of goes to end. I was like, I feel like something. It is. It's those a little the Toy Story too. strings. Yeah. yeah. It's got the Toy something. Story strings the same way Mandalorian has, because uh, it, it has the Creed yeah. trumpets, because yeah. it's, uh, what's his name again? But Luca. Yes. Or uh, Ludwig. Ludwig, yeah. He, and uh, it sounds very similar. Again, I love both, and I do love the score for Marriage. So that was the only thing that caught me a little off guard, but everything in it, it's, oh, it's oh, great. It's so great. good. I yeah. love it. All right, so Marriage Top Story, number three. four on Amanda's and list. Number four on Arturo's list. Number two on my hey. list. Oh, yeah. There you go. What you got at three? Uh, but number three, I got The Farewell. Nice. Still love that movie. Uh, yeah, just a beautiful movie from Lulu Wang that we saw way back at Sundance. Uh, the story of a family struggling to decide what to do when they get the news that uh, their grandmother is sick and dying. Uh, but they have this interesting situation where Chinese families apparently don't always tell the relative that they're dying in order to help keep them positive or yeah. happy if they don't think there's and anything get, they can do they just don't bother telling them why ruin it yeah and you get into this really interesting like sitcomish type of situation where uh they're coming together in china for a fake wedding <laughs> in order to say goodbye to their grandmother uh and just all the different elements in play all the ways that they're balancing trying to keep her in the dark but get the, uh talk to her and say their goodbyes and deal with the situation of deciding, well, what do we value? Do we value these Eastern traditions or we do do we value more modern Western ideas? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just it's one of those movies where I'm very uh, engaged with it on kind of like a moral and philosophical debate yeah. kind Absolutely. of level. So I loved living in that world, but it's also just got these really effective performances. Aquafina giving an unreal dramatic performance in the lead yep. uh there's been a lot of love for uh zhao zhu zhen who mm. might end up getting might, might end up uh, getting a it. supporting actress uh nomination at the oscars but i personally think that the the woman who plays aquafina's mother who I'm, I'm not gonna be able to pronounce her name right now but uh i thought her performance was unreal in the movie and i'm surprised she's not getting a little more more love she so she has a beautiful scene the scene she where she's just like y'all don't realize that i'm also hurting too yeah Mm-hmm. Y'all yeah. don't realize that I also moved from China. 
Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. do you understand? I'm also going through what you're going through, and I have to also deal with your pain of going through it as well. And I was like, bro, what? Oh my the God. second time I saw it and that hit me, I was like, bro, yeah. what yeah. the? Whoa, I what's know. going on? And that ending is really effective and beautiful yes. to me. So, yeah. yeah. I, I just felt... Uh, I felt very moved. I felt very emotional. I, I really, really was in love with this movie, yeah. uh, both when I first saw it and when I saw it on the rewatch. Even made, even made I, Barack's top 10. Yeah, yeah top it's a great movie. It's, it's a great oh, movie. It's so good. It recently want, moved out of my top 10. I want to mention a little anecdote that came from the podcast, This American Life, which you originally told the story. Yeah. Um, yes. Because you were talking about how you really like the philosophical side of it. The way that she actually ends the podcast is by telling the story about a, like a horseshoe, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken. Someone goes in and he's like, oh, why do you have the horseshoe? He's like, are you superstitious? He's like, no, but you know, just in case. <laughs> right. Just in case. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. All right. So I got the farewell at number three. Amanda, uh, this should be what made your number no three? surprise to people that come from my channel. Honey Boy. I yeah. loved Honey Boy. They they hooked me up with like a limited edition shirt. I heard. I bought Dude, one of the separate shirts in a different color. <laughs> like I Fire. loved Honey Boy. Honey Boy is this very interesting thing in that it is both a loose biopic on Shia LaBeouf's actual life. A lot of, basically all the things that happen in it are the the hits of Shia's life. Like it doesn't say that it's even Stevens, but it's even Stevens. It doesn't say it's opening with Transformers, but it's 100% Transformers. There, I like my, I did a video on on him in general and the, there's like a moment where, um, so it's Lucas Hedges that plays the older version of him. And uh, he, when he's getting arrested, it like parallels Shia's actual arrest tape. And I have that like parallel to my video and it's like back to back. Uh, it's just so well done in that sense. And then um, uh, so it's, it's basically just this entire story of like the abuse that Shia essentially experienced as a child uh, because yeah. of his alcoholic father, who was his main caregiver. And in the movie, he plays his father, his father. against all recommendation of care. This man had just gotten out of rehab and that's when he wrote this. He wrote this kind of as like a therapy thing for yeah. himself and turned it into a screenplay and sent it off to the director, Alma Harrell. And even though she had never done a narrative film before, and there was a really funny anecdote uh, in the theater when they were like, well, how did he contact you? It's like, he just emailed it to me. And, and then I answered like, how do I know you're actually who you say you are? And he was just like, my favorite color is purple. As if that <laughs> somehow a- proved. Yeah. She that said it was that every shy. single interview. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so good. So, uh, and she, he was like, I was just all set to just send it off and let someone else direct it. And I was going to join the Peace Corps. I thought my acting career was done and I was ready just to walk away from everything. She's the one who said she wouldn't do it. Not only if I did not act in the movie, but if I did not play my own father in the movie. And my entire care team was like, you just got out of rehab and like court appointed <laughs> therapy and all this stuff like this could really set you back and what it ended up being turned into this just beautiful therapy session for him which is now being resoundly seen as therapy for the children of alcoholics everywhere as people who have mm-hmm. dealt with uh, parents who have been addicted or parents who have been abusive or neglectful are just resonating so heavily with this movie because it really exemplifies the fact that like they're your parent you still love them no matter what they do to you no matter how bad certain things get you're always going to to love them and that kind of comes to this a moment almost comes to a head later on in a therapy session in the movie where you know Lucas Hedges is just kind of like the only thing of value my father ever gave me was pain and now you want to take that that away from me 
And it's just a good lesson in like if you harbor onto that pain, like pain can be a learning tool. You can make beautiful things from it. But if you hold onto it that long, it's going to destroy you. And that's kind of what it turned into is that that pain from his childhood ultimately resulted in Shia turning to alcohol, becoming an alcoholic, just progressively getting worse and worse in life and learning to have to to walk away and let go of that. And it's I love it. I know that it didn't hit everybody the same way. But yeah. I cannot say enough good things about Honey Boy. Can you believe yeah, a deeply affecting movie? And yes, a metatextual mind fuck of a movie Absolutely. too. Just when you go into the layers of Shia playing his own yeah. father. Yeah, oh, dude, crazy. I will say this: without Alma and mm. also uh, J- uh, Jonah, Noah, Ju- Jun- uh, Noah Jupe, or wait. Very underappreciated. Yeah, I Noah Jupe did such a good did job. He did an insane job oh, in the movie. Yes, the not, there's that one line before you go. Just um, go for it. How yeah, he the dad says something. It's like you know, how does it feel to know that? Like, how do you think it feels to know that my son's paying me and that my son's? And he's mm, like, you wouldn't be here be if here I wasn't if I wasn't paying, paying you. you. And knowing that when you're like eight years old, that's gonna screw you up forever. Love it. If it wasn't for Alma mm-hmm. coming in to touch the script mm-hmm. up, and uh, I highly recommend seeing her acceptance speech when she won at yes. Sundance. I highly recommend just following her on Twitter. Yeah, I highly recommend great. seeing her tweet saying, uh, Adam Tickets has a buy one, get one, so there is no excuse for you lazy asses to not yeah, go Yeah, I love it. She's so funny. <laughs> Alma sending out t-shirts and merch, uh, uh, telling people, if you're going to be there at that screening, I will send something to that theater for you to see it. Yeah. Alma's she's, entire... She's- all of her tweets today the golden globe nominations came out the fact that without her you don't get the pers- like yeah because she was the one who pers- she she picked the non-linear yes. narrative exactly if you just have him venting this can be a very overstuffed movie yep but you have alma touch it up yeah one of the best movies of the year in Absolutely. my opinion and there's an extra thing i just want to mention because I, I also love the movie as well mm-hmm. um there's a point in the movie where he says my dad would even steal other people's AA stories. Yeah. He was always just plagiarizing. Yeah. So when you think about that, like he really hated the fact that his dad was always plagiarizing. It makes me think of the stint he pulled, one of his most famous ones, when he got caught for plagiarism and why he took it so much to heart because yeah. he saw himself as Ex- his father. Exactly. And he wore the paper bag saying, I'm not famous anymore. It just, yeah. it elevates. It, elev- it elevates you everything. Him, it elevates it to a whole other level. But even if you're not, like you said, then you can go in this and see that mm-hmm. narrative. Uh, yep. And the way that it's done may reach your subconscious because I think it's a, a great story. Also, FKA Twigs is in it. Yeah. And she was thrown in very last minute, too. They said that the, and she became a much bigger role in the movie than and, originally. And I think she definitely helps it out. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Great choice. I'm mm-hmm. so glad it was it was higher on your list so we could talk about oh, it. Oh, I love it. Um, mine was uncut. So we did that. Yep. We're down to the top two. Down to top two. Okay. All right. So my number two, as we mentioned, was Marriage Story. Amanda, what was your number two? Parasite. My 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 top two keeps flipping around. Parasite, one of my most anticipated movies going into the festival. It had started getting a lot of uh, notoriety. Had been picking up a lot of buzz. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bong Joon Ho had made plenty of fantastic films before this. I was excited to see him going back to Korean films over his North American stints that he had been doing. And uh, this is basic. I feel like this is everything that us wanted to be, but then couldn't quite exempt. It couldn't quite portray to the masses. 
Uh, so right. a lot of people just, you know, us is very subjective, but Parasites is very literal while still having so many different layers of subtext with the characters and just even the title Parasite. When you think you got it the first time, it keeps going deeper and mm-hmm. deeper with the concept. And, uh, oh, my God, I just I can't wait to see it again. It's one of these things that obviously it didn't play anywhere near me because I live in a little town. So I was so happy that I caught it. But uh it's, it has so many different layers, so many different genres, like at, the, like at least five, I would say, clear, distinct mm. styles, mm-hmm. but then it doesn't come across as conflicted or clash. It, it just seems mm-hmm. like real life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it's it. Perfect. Yeah. I obviously yeah. have a uh, little higher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great. A great, great film that I'm sure we're going to talk about a little bit more in a second. Yeah. Uh, but there's another movie that we need to, need to talk about. Art, your number two. Which I may be somebody else's number one. Probably. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. But we have been having this discussion for it's a long time. It's been going back and forth. It's been yeah. going back and forth between Parasite and Portrait. Nonetheless, all four of these aren't just the best of the year for me. These touch best of the decade. It proves how great 2019 was as a year. So and, good. And uh, Alina as well. She's She's got Portrait at one. Yeah. Parasite at two. I got Parasite at one. Portrait at two. I don't yeah, know how my- it goes for... They keep going back. I think I know which one you have at one, Zach. uh, But I know Amanda and I have been. Hey, uh, Alita keeps saying I'm gonna come around to Portrait being number one. Right now, it stays this way. But yo, these are the top two movies of the year. Yeah. For me, it's Portrait. Um, Let's talk about it. Is it your number one? It's my number one. Absolutely. Let's talk about it. I want you to introduce it. Okay, Portrait of a Lady on Fire which we've already done an entire episode on this channel, so you should definitely watch that if you have not already, is just, it's like if you talk about the concept, it could so easily just be this boring, stuffy, forgettable movie that people are only going to watch. It's like, oh, there's there's lesbians in it. If I may, I always say, uh, what what do you recommend? A portrait of a lady on fire. And I always get, oh, yeah, it's not my kind of movie. And I always just think, how do you know? Your kind of movies? (laughs) movies? Masterpieces aren't your kind of, (laughs) that's not up your alley? (sighs) It's just, there's so many things in this movie. So it essentially starts with, um, you know, the central character is being boated to this island so that she she has a secret task that she needs to paint a portrait of uh, this woman who is being uh, sent off to be married. And this is going to be the wedding gift. So they yes. and they've had other painters around before. She doesn't like sitting for them because she doesn't want the marriage to happen. So they bring this new person in who's just supposed to be to... Um, to her is just supposed to be somebody who's going to walk around with her while she's secretly taking notes so she can do a painting. And Mm. it just becomes this like very intimate, closed situation where the two are learning these little things about each other and where one of them thinks they have the other hand, upper hand. And then immediately everything just gets thrown on the table where it's like, no, I've been watching you just as much as you've been watching me. So don't think that you're so smart. And it's just, oh, it's so good. And there's so many nice shots. Like, I always think to the one where she walks down um, Marianne, I think. Marianne and um, Eloise. Eloise, yeah. Yeah, Eloise. So Eloise would be the one that she's supposed to be painting. So um, Marianne walks down the stairs, and you see Eloise with the full cloak up. And for a minute, I was like, are we ever going to see... Are they going to hide her for, like, the entire movie or something? Oh, Lena was like, dude, we're never going to see her face. I know, I was was like like, that. sure? But no, so they get outside, and then suddenly she just starts running for the cliffs. So Marianne just starts running after her, and then suddenly, like, the hood falls back, and then she just turns around. And it's like, you manage to make the audience feel like they've been punched in the guts by this face at the same way that Marianne feels like she's just been hit by these piercing blue Mm -hmm. eyes and just being so afraid that she was going to pitch herself off the cliffs. 
oh my god it's just it's so good there's so much about this movie that I love you could just dismiss it as a simple romance but it's just so much more there's more great philosophical debates of these old Greek tragedies that go on and it really just represents the entire movie and mm-hmm. just how you can interpret different endings based on this story that they're reading uh, yeah. about the midway point of the movie that actually you can just say that actually just paints what the future becomes for them. Yeah. Yeah. Forgive the pun, but this is a really painterly movie. <laughs> it's colors and it's so composition of, of these frames. Just uh, the I, I have seared in my mind all these shots mm-hmm. of them. O- overlooking the shore kinds of shots that put big little eyes to shame yeah. you know it, the, the the i've we brought it up on the let us explain but there's a really beautiful moment in which uh you see marion's head mm-hmm. and it pulls back a little and you see, you see uh you, you see eloise there as as well in a way that you know lets you draw the connection between them because even though there are so many things that are separate about them and so many things that they have to reveal to one another over the course of the film, ultimately they they do have this connection uh, that they aren't able to find with other people mm-hmm. and that kind of spurs on uh, this momentum. Uh, it was something that we talked about in our, our Let Us Explain as well is just how beautiful and affecting uh, this film's ending is. Just a couple knockout scenes after knockout scenes. Yeah, like scenes. which ending? Like, <laughs> exactly. Oh my when I gosh. first came out, the first thing I said was like, "Yo, this thing has three endings. One of which, I had him going one, two, three in that order because yeah. of the parable." Yeah. Then someone pitches to me is like, "Yo, I know you like the first one because of the parable and what she does, but if that's what she did, wouldn't the other person who gets the third ending do it differently?" I think the same person. We're, we hit have, we me have up. to mention it. Yes, we have to mention this later. This is an after after show one yeah. that I need to talk about. Because I think guys. the same person hit me up too, and I was like, "Shit, you right." On Instagram? Uh, Twitter, but yeah, because okay. I opened up my Twitter so that Alma Harrell could answer me. I opened at up a my certain Twitter. point, I'm looking at this and I was like, whoa. And it just, it made me rethink, again, yeah. a movie that I already love, just love getting even better. More. Zach, you mentioned that one shot. I'm going to mention the shot kind of near the cliffs where it's just the, 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 the establishing shot. No yep. one's in there, but there's like lumps. Mm-hmm. They stand up because they were looking for something. It's like they were there the entire yeah, time. The time. There's yeah. all these beautiful scenes that oh, you see, it's gorgeous. Uh, and, and it's crazy because it's actually three characters. I would include yeah. the maid as a part the of one maid of the characters for sure. because yep. she has an entire subplot. She does. That was. It that leads to the whole. title. It leads yeah. to what becomes the title of the movie. Is the only reason um, why, you know, yeah. is her. The all the scenes with the actually painting the portrait, unpainting the portraits, uh, the actual inspiration shot. As Alina has mentioned, the entire story really is, as you see at the beginning, mm-hmm. her telling the story of this venture and how she yes. got to that painting yes. to her students. Uh, I have been calling Marianne uh, God, Rick Ross. Yeah, she she one of the opening shots is her isn't that her painting naked in front of her own fireplace like a <laughs> yeah. boss? Yeah, like that's the yeah, coolest thing about this movie. And uh, Celine Scammer, who, who keeps saying, um, I, I can't remember if she did the cinematography, but I know she did the costumes, wrote it, obviously directed it. Yeah, is out there. Uh, she had said, I'm not going to whore myself out for the Oscars. Yeah, she did it. Hey, another movie. We, uh, shout out to Francis Lamis Rob. Really appreciate that movie. So it a bunch wasn't of other the best ones from France. <laughs> it wasn't the best from France. Sorry. That's because Celine's like, nah, I got a movie and it's special to me. Criterion? Mm. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah. I would much rather have it be on the Criterion absolutely. than having to play these awards stuff yeah. over there. And I, I just, I absolutely love the endings. There is a scene. I don't know what theater you saw it at, at Tiff. I saw it at the one, the, um, the Bell. So I was in like, 
the acoustic oh, okay. closed in room. I it can't even imagine it. The amazing. Bell, no, the, the Tiff light bell, uh, if I'm saying it right. Tiff bell the light tiff box. Bell, bell box. However it is, yeah. Tiff bell light box. Y'all know what we're talking about. It has some of the best Dolby surround sound. I saw Roma there. It is ridiculous. It's so incredible. I don't. How was this? I saw it at the Winter Garden. How was the scene when they sang the music? It was crazy. Outside? It Oof. just encompasses everything. I thought she had a live orchestra. I know, and that's what it felt like because it's so insane. And that theater definitely amplified it. I saw a couple of other movies there, but I was like, yes, it's I insane, can tell right? that this is like. She comes out Oof. and goes, "Wow!" <laughs> like I know it sounded good. But I didn't know it was going to sound great. She wasn't <laughs> even talking about that scene. That's amazing. Absolutely love this movie. Um, it's going to be coming out in February for Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's even going to have a whole Criterion uh, thing with it. And if you don't know, they do a great job with their, you know, Barnes & Noble always has those half-profit yep. sales. I highly recommend it. But even more than that, if, you know, maybe you don't collect whatever not, you're more into streaming. Criterion also has a channel. Highly recommend pushing it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm subscribed to it as well. And uh, anytime they get a Criterion movie, it also goes to their streaming service nice. as well. So that's you awesome. will be able to see Portrait of a Lady on Fire streaming next year, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So that's, that, that's pretty dope good. as well. Uh, highly recommend that movie. Yeah. Zach, can we talk about our number ones? Can we talk about Parasite? Guys, it's so metaphorical. <laughs> Parasite. <sighs> what a movie. Uh Amanda, you already said some stuff, but Bong Joon-ho, just an absolute master. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's pretty rare that you get a filmmaker who's already so well-known for so many movies, and then he gives you what pretty much... I won't, I don't want to say unanimously, but it seems like the majority of people are saying this is kind of his masterpiece. I would agree. No? I would say that this is it. It's just such a, such a well-conceived film... Uh, from its plotting, which is so intricately plotted, where every single moment feels important and it keeps you on the edge of your seat guessing throughout. Mm-hmm. But it's also the thematic elements to it, the way in which he uses uh, going up the hill, down the hill, up the mm-hmm. stairs, down the stairs, who lives upstairs, who's downstairs. Amanda, you mentioned the title, who you think the parasite in this movie. Again, another Actually, great Rorschach yeah. It just test. goes over and over, but there's so many options. And like, cause that's the thing you get earlier on. Like I had notes and I was like, oh, okay. So that's what this is. And it's like 20 minutes later. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then it just that's keeps going, that is, yeah. going and going. Oh, I love it so much. It's good. Yeah, I mean, I've mentioned this before, but I go to the movies for that feeling that I get uh, when the movie really just reveals something unexpected Mm -hmm. halfway through because Bong Joon-ho, in his mastery of telling the story, he's always keeping things kind of uh, hidden from from the viewer, but not completely hidden they're Thank not you. out of plain yes. sight. and when you watch yes. it again you see all those yes. little clues there mm-hmm. that prepared you for this it's not some cheap I, setup I, yeah yeah uh no and i think also worth mentioning is just how enjoyable it is mm-hmm. to watch this yes. movie. and rewatch it's funny it's got it's got a pace to it seeing the kind of uh heist nature to this expedition from uh the poor mm-hmm. family is just really fun to see how how they assume their new positions yep. I was so completely captivated uh, by what was going mm-hmm. on and, and blown away, just not only in entertainment quality, but in the metaphorical aspects of it. It's such a thoughtful film. Yeah, I agree. I just want to mention, if, I don't know if you had a nope, you go. statement in. Um, Atlantics, it's a great international feature. Mm-hmm. You could catch that on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, we had mentioned First Love. We, we really liked I that. I First uh, Love. 
uh, some of the other movies. Uh, Zach, you had mentioned uh, Ashes Purest White. I think yeah, I, I haven't seen that one, but I know a lot of people really like. I that. think it's a very good movie. Just recently was able to catch that, and because uh, uh, I was just mentioning the Criterion Channel, the other one you had mentioned, an elephant oh. sitting. Uh, Standing still, yeah. Bro, I was in the middle of watching that movie. No one told me it was three and a half hours long. Again, another movie Since. with a director uh, passed right before yeah, yeah. the production of that movie. One of the big yeah. reasons was an argument that he had with the producers. Another Ooh. really good movie. I mentioned he all of He killed the... himself after the filming oh, of that. Oh, shit. Suicide, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a crazy story going with that, especially because the movie itself contains two suicides. Uh, and a lot of people have seen it as a letter. There's a lot that can go into that. But a lot of other films out there. We had mentioned... Oh, Pain and Glory is another one. Yeah, that Pain and Glory. needs to be mentioned. Uh, Les Miserables we had mentioned. I also had Corpus Christi, which was another really good one. Mm-hmm. A bunch of really great Shouts foreign films. So many great foreign films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have heard the biggest discussion. I had said this when I first saw Parasite, and I said this is easy, best of the decade. Yeah. It's tied with Whiplash. I kept saying it was like a head and Whiplash. Love them both equally. Mm-hmm. But there is, and I had said, it's going to become a cliche. What's the new thing? Oh, of course, people saw Parasite. But what about the other Korean films? Honey, baby. I've been there too. I have scouted all these films out. Yeah. Nah. You will always get people going, oh, do you watch any other ones? Recommend them. Recommend a movie better than Parasite. Y'all know. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all yeah. know. Yeah, they never do. No. Uh, so I know that this is still coming from South Korea that has never been nominated, nominated. for best foreign language yes. at the Oscars. Yeah. Absurd, but still. It's insane. But what I'm saying there is that this is a movie that really lives up to the hype mm-hmm. and was bound to be a cliche. It's so good, it's bound to be hated. Yeah, it's I'm noticing so, a little bit of that. Right? Yeah. It's already to become that backlash type of thing, and it's like, but no one's really giving a reason for it. No. They just. I think it's more just just, like, I don't like it as much as you seem to think I should like it, so that means I hate it. I was like... Okay. All right, I'll be I'll be here in ten years when you want to discuss yeah, it again. Yeah, good for you. It doesn't have, yeah, it doesn't have to be your favorite, but there's so much that this movie does right, as you said. Yes. That idea of it being the version of us. Yeah. That you didn't need to go down below. You needed to go overseas to get the right interpretation of. Yeah. Or just not even. I don't want to say the right interpretation. No, but just one where the story isn't telling you that it should be people coming together in a movie where they're all killing each other. Yeah, like... And instead, it's a movie about, you know, titled Parasite and how people use each other in this whole infrastructure Mm -hmm. of them fighting uh, for who's above. I have a more optimistic message within there that I would like to say Bong Joon-ho's doing. A lot of people disagree with me. Um, But I truly stand as one of the best of the decades from a filmmaker, as you put it perfectly, Amanda. It doesn't feel like a puzzle piece or an amalgamation of things. Mm -hmm. It feels like five different genres. Yeah. But in they were one perfectly cohesive movie. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the way that movie constantly f- er, it just verges on the edge of horror without ever mm-hmm. really being getting horror. there is another sort of mastery of tone that uh, Bong is able to add to the yeah. film. And all it, of Bong's press, perfect. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. yeah, I was really happy that I got a Q&A with him for the showing that I saw. Like, it was just... Lucky. It's just nice. It's just so nice. Given that this is the end of the decade, you know, I've, I've been going back and trying to assemble uh, what are my favorite movies from each of the past years of the last decade mm-hmm. in order to uh, look at what is my favorite film of the decade. And, you know, there are some great foreign films, but uh, this is the only year that I found where a foreign film topped my best of the year list. Agreed. Uh, Two which, foreign films. I, you know, me, yeah. I, I'm. I try to be a global consumer and I like to see uh, films from foreign directors. But, you know, it's it. I think it says something about how special this movie is that it, it has been able to translate. And there is that thing that's been going around on Twitter uh, about 
uh, Bong reacting to why he feels like the film has had such a great uh, global response and that it's a film about capitalism, mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. a film about people. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's spot on, you know, the way the ways in which uh, we interpret it is through the financial <laughs> financial view that the film uh, brings Which is always table. so it's annoying. Something Absolutely. we can all relate to. Yeah, but it's it's beautiful. It's been the year, like you said, of the the one percent versus the poor. Yeah, you know, Joker had the stairs. So did these guys. Yeah. Hey, you like the ending of uh, Knives Out? Recommend Parasite. Right. There's yeah. all all of these movies that have been out there about the the, the clashing between classes. Mm-hmm. Um, if 2019 was the year of those themes, from you know us to this one. This one ended it perfectly. It wrapped yep. it up. It is the epitome. It is a masterpiece, in my opinion. It does everything right. And yeah. we will remember this movie for years to come. Like, we remember that poster for Citizen Kane, for 12 Angry Men, The Wizard of Oz. This is a movie 100 years from now we're still going to be talking about, for I sure. I agree. And if we're not, I won't be here. So, you know, don't matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, I think that just about wraps up our best movies of 2019 list let us know what your favorite movies were in the comments down below be an inner cutie and shoot us a message or send us an email intercutpod at gmail.com you can uh that you can also check out more by following us on social media at intercut pod mm-hmm. uh you can check more from me zach shevich by following me on twitter instagram or letterbox at z shevich that's at z s h e v as in v ferrari i c h and check out my youtube channel youtube.com slash multiplex show Amanda, where can people find more from you? Can you can find me on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, everywhere is at Amanda the Jedi. Nice and simple. Easy enough. <laughs> Art, where can people form, find more from you? You can find me at the A to Z Show or let me explain on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Letterboxd. Uh, going to try to actually keep up to date with that one. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. 2020 goals. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I'm excited. It's uh, it's been a blast talking with you guys, Amanda. Always, always a damn honor to have you on. Thank you. Uh, I'm excited to go to Sundance with you guys. Yes. I'm excited to see some of the intracuties over there. I know some people have been able to get the chance to go. They've been saving up since two years ago. Some people are going as volunteering. I'm very excited. Uh, and as always, you know, this list. Uh, I'm sure we're still gonna get it anyway. We recently just got accused of uh, having spoilers in a video that says the word explained in the title but you know uh things happen know that always go into these best of lists and the uh uh, upcoming best of the decade list that we're doing as as uh, why do you want us list of correspondents no no no. if there's a movie that you haven't seen and if you're watching all this list and you see a movie Mm -hmm. that that keeps popping up use the list for that your list will always be more important than our list for you of course uh but if anything we hope that watching Intercut throughout the year and uh, watching this list here has given you some movies to uh, appreciate and hopefully a movie that ended up on your must-watch list. Absolutely. Hopefully you've taken the ride with us through 2019 all the way from Sundance to now. Uh, and hopefully you'll take that ride with us again in 2020. 2020. Uh, we'll be at Sundance soon. We're going to be recommending a bunch of great movies to for you as well. It'll be exciting to see which of those movies we catch uh, in the snowy mountains of Utah. Make it all the way to the best yeah. of 2020 Ooh, list. The next journey. And the beginning of a new decade, dude. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy. All right. So listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast. <laughs>
(laughs) (laughs) on iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcatcher, I Like Overcast, then make sure you subscribe not just to the audio feed, but to the video feed as well on YouTube.com slash IntercutPod, where you can catch our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment. Find new episodes of Intercut every Friday, and please leave us a comment, like the videos, consider heading over to iTunes to give us a five-star, five-star review. Like our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. All of them are at Intercut Pod to get updates throughout the week from Art, from Amanda, from me, from all the guests that we feature here on Intercut. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, a top 10 list can have 11 movies on it. True.